550 million firearms in worldwide circulation. That's one firearm for every 12 people on the planet. The only question is, how do we arm the other 11? Of all the weapons in the vast Soviet arsenal, nothing was more profitable than Optimat Kalashnikova, model of 1947, more commonly known as the AK-47 or Kalashnikov. It's the world's most popular assault rifle, a weapon all fighters love. An elegantly simple nine-pound amalgamation of forged steel and plywood. It doesn't break, jam, or overheat. It will shoot whether it's covered in mud or filled with sand. It's so easy, even a child can use it, and they do. The Soviets put the gun on a coin. Mozambique put it on their flag. Since the end of the Cold War, the Kalashnikov has become the Russian people's greatest export. After that comes vodka, caviar, and suicidal novelists. One thing's for sure, no one was lining up to buy their cars. seconds after the hour of 11 in this month of December in the year of our Lord 2007. Thank you for coming by making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 uh, Solid State Radio. This, my friends, the compadres, my companions, is the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for being there. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 if you'd like to join in today on this uh, Monday, December 31st, New Year's Eve, uh, with your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your uh, complaints, your limericks, your ironic musings, whatever you might have. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the tedious, the groundbreaking, or the mundane. Uh, 503-733-2970. If you want to email, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970 uh, .am. So it is uh, Monday, December 31st. It is New Year's Eve. Thank you for coming along. Uh, we'll get to all of this other stuff in a second. First off, I should say that it was originally our goal to have Steve Kastenbaum and Jim Roop on today's program. I can't, as of now, really confirm that either of those things is going to happen because apparently the CNN office closed at like 9 a.m. And we knew this. Doesn't well, I knew it and then I forgot about it. I knew it because you told me Friday. There's a long weekend during which many things can fall out of my brain. And so as of this morning... I had forgotten about it, I, and I failed to call the CNN office, and so now we have nothing. We have bupkis. That's what we have. Uh, so we are endeavoring to track down Jim Roop, uh, at least by other means. You know what I don't understand is why the back parking lot is totally full and nobody's here. I think that's, um, here's the thing, though. The back parking lot is full. The front parking lot is not. The front parking lot is typically where the salespeople uh, park. So I think if you, I'm just speculating now, I think if you were to go look in the front parking lot, you would find a whole lot of nobody. Because there's nobody upstairs. I think the back parking lot is full because there's a bunch of street teamers here. Oh, okay. I think it's like a, I think it's like some kid, there's like a, a, a promotional team thing. I think Richie was telling me about that. 
<laughs> Some sort of a... So a bunch of people are here, it, of course, as is always the case. People on this floor of the building are working. People upstairs are gone. Or at the very least, pretending to work. Uh, so no, the front parking lot, which is where... And you can, by the way, if you ever want to know, if you want radio in a nutshell, this is exactly what... You go to the front of this building and you go to the back of this building on any random business day. And look at the types of vehicles parked in the front lot and the types of vehicles parked in the back lot. The types of vehicles parked in the back lot are typically not as nice, but they are paid for. Uh, it, the cars that are parked in the front lot facing 1st Street are much better, but not paid for. I mean, not even 15% paid off, which is exactly how your general sales manager likes it. I remember when we, uh, well, I don't suppose it hurts to use his name. We used to, when we worked at Fisher, uh, the GSM was this guy named Trey. He was a good friend of ours. And I remember nothing made him happier than when a salesperson would go out and buy a car, truck, boat, house, something they couldn't possibly afford. You know why? Because it just made him come to work that much earlier and stay that much later and work that much harder. He actually said that to me at one point. We had somebody, I won't use his name, we'll call him Steve Pelequin, who came into the office and he had purchased this truck. And if you were listening to the program at this time, you, you, remember, you remember us talking about this. He bought this truck. It was like a landmass on wheels. I mean, it was the size of Bulgaria. And, he, and it was a, a truck that there was like no earthly reason for except to compensate for the fact that you were recently divorced. That was it. That was the whole reason for the truck. Um, and you just got the feeling that because there was no longer a wife around making decisions, he felt like going out and buying the most useless, gaudy thing you could possibly find. Anyway, so he came into work one day with his truck that must have cost... Jesus, I can't even... The, the truck must have cost twenty-five grand. And there was there was no way that he could afford it. And he walked. He came in and he was Trey. Look at this new truck that I got. And he pointed out the window toward the parking lot where this massive, just this massive compensator of a truck was sitting. And you know, and then he you know he left the office. And I remember as soon as he left, Trey just rubbed his hands together and cackled. You know, there's nothing I like more than a sales force that's in debt. Anyway. Uh, all right. Well, hello. It is uh, Monday. It is New Year's Eve. So uh, later on today's program, we'll see if we get a hold of Jim Roop and or Steve Castamon. That may or may not happen. Uh, we do have a Britney watch coming up today. Taser watch. Uh, religious nutcase watch. Geek watch on the way. Uh, we'll do a uh, top five today and uh, just a bunch of... Well, and I'm going to try to plow through as many of these stories. I I'm under no illusion that I'm going to get through all the stories that have been piling up this year because that's just not going to happen. It is simply an untenable proposition. Uh, I do have a bunch of things from last week. This is how low my goals have now been set. At one point on this program, and this is years ago, we had this whole thing where as we approached New Year's, we tried to get through the entire news stack. And we, we tried to get every news story that had been set aside and not gotten to previously. We tried to get them all read. I have now scaled my goals down so massively that really just, just the end zone today is just getting through last week's stories. Uh, so we'll try to do that. Uh, it's not going to happen, probably, but we'll try. We'll give it the old attempt, and in the end, we'll fail. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your New Year's Eve. Well, Katie Couric loses over a million CBS viewers in 2007. I bet she got a bonus. Mm -hmm. I bet she did, too, and a Christmas card. And an acknowledgment <laughs> that perhaps we wish you a happy holiday. An acknowledgment that she someone. exists. Yeah. Yes. She doesn't have empty email boxes like some of us. <laughs> not one. No. Not one well wish. No one cared. Anyway. No. 
A baby is born in the Vancouver McDonald's restroom. What a way to come into the world. Oh, wow. Ew. Well, it's all it's all good news from there, though, really, when you think about it. It's no lower you can get. A Bremerton woman is charged with assault. It involves her boyfriend and a dog in a bathroom. Uh, the bomb squad is called to the max tracks after a suspected bomb turns out to be shaving cream cans. Oregon's domestic partnership registry, scheduled to begin Wednesday, has been put on hold after hillbillies from Tennessee raise a ruckus. A Florida man is injured when two tons of wood fall on him. Mike Huckabee wants all women to submit to her husbands, as the Bible says they should. Oh, of course. Uh, Californians will soon be hit with fines for smoking in cars with children. It's the half-half-happiest day of the year. All right. So we'll get to... Uh, yeah, can I just tell you that we're not even into 2008, much, is, much less into 2009, and I am already preemptively angry about the Oregon smoking ban. I mean, I got to, you know, and I don't smoke, by the way. I don't smoke. <clears throat> I uh, I don't wish to smoke. I don't desire to smoke. I don't plan to smoke. Uh, but I'm already, because we're now counting down the final year, because this is, uh, you know, because they're starting it in France, actually. As of tomorrow in France, you can't smoke in public places. And France is the land of smoking and snootiness and berets and pencil-thin mustaches and unicycles. Uh, so... Anyway, so I saw that this morning in the front of USA Today, and it already made it. And it's only because of the one place. It's only because of my father's place. Because that's the only bar where, where I really spend, like, an appreciable amount of time. So, the whole thing just irritates me. It hadn't even happened yet. Get a whole year so I can work up to it. Uh, all right, so we'll get to uh, to all of that. We're joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dylan, why, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well, except for my face hurts. Yeah. So, now, I'm... I actually know the answer to this already, but would you like to explain to everybody why your mouth hurts, or should we let them draw their own undoubtedly perverse conclusions? I'll just explain it. Okay. Um, so I bought this <laughs> this home teeth whitening kit <laughs> that was um, extremely discounted. Uh huh. From like thirty bucks to like seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> Is it from China? No, it was a re- it's a very nice product. It's a Rembrandt product. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, look at the savings. Was I'm it like here. a refurbished thing? Is this like when you buy a CD player at Costco because somebody dropped it and then they stapled it back together and sold it to you for thirty percent? No, it was still all taped together and uh-huh. stuff. And then it has like the, their own little like moldable dipping trays, and I dipped them in hot water and molded them to my teeth, and then put you know put the stuff inside of it. Like you, you warm for twenty minutes and took them out for ten, and mm-hmm. you did that four times. And during that time. I think some of it came out of the bottom one, and it burned my inside of my mouth. Oh. Like, my gums, and all, like, right that lower part, like, right at the bottom of your mouth between you know, your gums and your bottom yeah. lip. It hurts so bad. Let me just take these, uh, my, my thoughts, one at a time here. A. But my teeth are white. Well, that's all that matters. Um... Teeth are white when they're not stained with the blood from your disintegrating gums. They were bleeding. The, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, see, I was just making it that was up. gross. <laughs> yeah, They're starting like... to get... Because your mouth can heal pretty quickly, so... But it still hurts so bad. The best part was this morning when you were talking about how actually pieces of your gum were falling away. That's the... <laughs> Hello, Tim. <laughs> she, she told me the pieces of my gum line were just falling off. I was exaggerating. <laughs> Sexy. Um, so, A, I'm always unnerved by anything that is a home kit for something that presumably needs to be done at a doctor's office well, under regular circumstances. Well, I don't have $300 to get my teeth whitened, but I do have $16, you know, $17 to Meanwhile, $400 worth of damage. <laughs> Usually the one that works. I, I mean, well, it's, it's been a couple days. I would have thought it wouldn't hurt so much anymore. Oh, it's going to uh, hurt for a long Oh, yeah. No, that's going to be a long Long, lingering pain. So, and then the idea that it was discounted by fully half. Because, I mean, when you think, now, where was this at? I got it at Fred Meyer. 
I mean, why would they be discounting a tooth whitening kit by 50%? It's because not like it's a season seasonal item or something. There are many tooth whitening products. Maybe Rembrandt wanted to stand out a little. I thought Rembrandt was the, uh, I thought they were the foremost. Yep, so did I. See, you don't you don't typically see the brand leader cutting the price by fifty percent unless there's something really wrong with the product somehow, or I unless think it's. About that. I was just thinking about the savings. You know what you see discounted by fifty percent, like a Paws Easter egg kit, and that's you know on like April twenty third. That's what you see cut by half. You know, here's a, I was reading that Starbucks book. Here's something that didn't occur to me until I read that book uh, by Taylor Clark, Starbucks. Do you realize that Starbucks never puts anything on sale ever? They do sometimes, like post Christmas, like um, the like seasonal blends. Okay, like seasonal items maybe. Seasonal like, items they do. But they never do like a buy one get one free ever because they have this whole thing that, that it diminishes the, the perceived value of the product. That is does Apple. What's that? Is that true? Yeah, see, it, it wouldn't surprise me because Starbucks and Apple are very much the same, uh, where it's all about the style and the experience and the aesthetic and the perception that you are getting sort of a sophisticated item. They do do a lot of sampling, though, Starbucks does. They do sampling, but Howard Schultz has this whole thing about no, uh, about not doing any, like, today, Frappuccino's 30% off because he wants you to believe, you know, he always wants to sort of culture that air of um, of luxury that comes with paying full price. So... Anyway, I'm immediately suspicious of any oral hygiene product that's been cut in half price-wise. Don't my teeth look white and glistening? They do, but let me ask you this. What is it that's in that product that whitens your teeth? You know, I didn't so much get to that part. I just heard the first part. Are you wondering about what it is that you were putting in your mouth that was actually able to dissolve the flesh off your gum? I'm sure that it was just bleach. You know, like some (laughs) some kind of peroxide thing. Uh I don't know. All right. Peroxide. you know, all I know is it didn't say on the box that it would make my gums bleed, but it did say on the box that it got, would get my teeth white, and, and that's what it did. It's delivered on both of those. It sure delivered. <clears throat> now, these aren't the strips, right? This is like the thing when you get your, um, is this like when you get your t- uh, fluoride treatment when you were a kid? Kind of like Where that. they put the little styrofoamy mouth guards? These are like clear mouth guards, and you dip them in hot water, and then you press them to your teeth, and then yeah. uh, they mold to your teeth. All right. That part works Tim pretty Tim looks well. really suspicious of the whole thing. Tim is just sort of... Tim is just doing that little, like, kind of a, well, what can you do? Shake of the head. Tim understands. Mm-hmm. No, Tim uses the Sonicare. Yeah. Do you not? I do. <clears throat> the Sonicare, which is the finest toothbrush known to man. And I'm just way. as vain as anybody in here. Oh, no, we're a whole room full of vanity. No, that's, uh, it, it, uh, no, really, we, uh, we there, there's no lack of self-esteem in this room. We have enough of this entire building. No, we have the CBS radio channel. We couldn't be more vain if we were your body's circulatory system. The Sonicare is fantastic. It is. Uh, it, that's, and I actually got to replace mine because I lost the head to my Sonicare. And so now I'm back to using a regular, like, primitive, savage-like toothbrush, like I a commoner. I brush. That looks pretty well. Well, that, see, that's good, too. The Sonicare, though, is, uh, maybe it's just a perceived... Uh, difference to me, but I really do believe that since I started using the Sonicare, my teeth are a lot whiter actually. Um, and it's got that, you know, and it's got the little timer thing, so you know, like when you're supposed to move along. Although I do have to tell you, I'm tempted to buy that. I'm tempted to buy that Kiss toothbrush that does the rock and roll all night thing. The um, tooth tunes. Yeah, tooth tooth tunes. Oh, I'm totally gonna buy that too. Uh, because it uh, because a it pipes music directly into your skull because uh, it transmits it through your jawbone, and b that because it actually times out. Uh, exactly. You know, like how how long you're supposed to wait. Let me just two two. Rush never rock this hard. There you go. I'm tempted to buy that. All right. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Uh, we'll get these calls here in a second. Uh, first of all, let me just say this. If you went to my blog this morning, uh, or my MySpace blog, you saw this. Um, I saw Charlie Wilson's War this weekend, which is fan freaking tastic. Unbelievably good. We all saw three different movies, didn't we? Did you yes. see Sweeney Todd? No, I went and saw Juno. 
Oh, with the, the Michael Sarah and uh, uh, what's his name? Ellen, Jason Bateman. And Ellen Page yeah, from Hard Candy. It was um, it was amazing. It yeah. was a really cute movie. The trailer looks really fantastic. The advance word on that is really it was good. Very, it was very realistic. It was very believable. Yeah. And it was also very cute. Um, and that's not like an Apatow thing, right? I guess I just assume that everything good is from mm. Judd Apatow now, but it's not. It's like some... It's like a, like an indie... Is it like a small indie kind of a film? I Yeah, I believe so. I'm not familiar with the guy who directed it. That's where she it. gets like, like a teen Reitman pregnancy thing? Yeah, I, she, gets, she gets pregnant at 16, and um, by the character played by Michael Sarah. Right. And she decides... I don't know. I don't want to ruin anything. But anyway, she decides what to do with the baby, and it's all, her whole journey of like, being pregnant and dealing with the other situation. Is it by Jason Reitman? Reitman, yeah. That's, he is the son of Ivan Reitman, who did Ghostbusters and da 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 Okay, excellent. Is Michael Sarah doing that... Has he has he expanded his acting ability any, or is it still doing the where he just kind of trails off and he seems really he trails off, but it's different. He's right. very cute. I just it? don't want him to get pinned into a little a corner with. Him. I don't think he is, and he isn't um, a big focus in the movie because it's basically following Ellen Page and like her right. journey being pregnant. Like they weren't really together when it happened anyway, so he's just kind of sporadically tossed in there. He's the um, oh my pop culture literacy is failing me. Who's the guy who impregnated Jamie Lynn Spears allegedly? Oh, Casey Aldridge. I was going to say, he's the Casey Aldridge Rick, to her Jamie Lynn. Shame. I'm sorry. we got to do that. And we got to get to that Britney thing today. We have to do that. Oh, by the way, if uh, ye have looked... I almost bought it at Plant Pantry and then I didn't. If you've looked at today's National Enquirer, they have. They are running that full John Edwards love child story today. So i got to find it later so we can read it. Uh, so you saw uh, Juno. Tim saw... Really? What I... did Tim see? What did you see, Tim? I saw the Nicolas Cage movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. Did you see the first one? Did you see the original? No, I did not. So you're only seeing you only you wait to see Nicolas Cage sequels only. The this well, is National I, Treasure Two. I, I had a choice of doing three different things uh-huh. after I was at a party and the group splintered into three different groups. Uh-huh. And I went with the movie group. All right. Because I didn't want to go to the other two choices because they involved smoking inside. All right. So let me. So now. Well, I li- okay. This makes me feel a little bit better about this. Now, is the movie choice made for you? In other words. Yes. Okay, so you did okay, not. Okay, so you didn't pick I, this movie. No, I went with a group that right. was going to the movie. So they were already going to, to the see movie. the Nicolas Cage film. So you, they, did, they didn't say, Tim, what would you like to see? Right. They said, this is the movie we're going to see, and your options were either that or being in a room full of smokers. Right. And they were, they were going to two different places. Uh, both had smoke. So right. there were three groups in all, and I took the no smoking group. All right. No, fair enough. Yeah. No, okay. That, and then that I got sense. lost in the Lloyd Center on the way out. <laughs> it was the worst thing of my life. So this is, well, and you had mentioned this before the show, but so you went to, this is not the theater across the street from the mall. This is the one inside the mall by the yeah. food court. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's a, I've man. Never, oh, it's, I've never been in that theater. Oh, man. It's like the eighth circle of hell. It's terrible. It's awful. Well, anything you have to walk through the food court to get to. And I have to say this, it, it, it really is. The audiences, and I don't mean to cast dispersion on Lloyd Center. That's the mall that I go to about 90% of the time. Because I'm, you know, I live there and I'm sort of trashy and whatever. But I have to say that the the audiences at the Lloyd Center Mall are the worst movie audiences that I have ever encountered in my life. Ever. And they are the loudest, rudest, most... And don't, I'm, not, I'm not some killjoy. I'm just saying there is such a thing as just shutting your pie hole and enjoying the film. Every time I go to see a movie at the Lloyd Center Mall, I regret it because it's just... Man, it's like being surrounded by a bunch of giggling hyenas. It's just terrible. This this was a hyena-free performance. It was really? late. It was 10 o'clock, which is way past my bedtime on a normal night. I was just going to say, well, and the mall closes at 9. That's the weird thing. Yeah. Well, the re- I couldn't figure out how to get in. <laughs> so there was some kid outside smoking, and he, he propped open the door with a shoe. <laughs> so of course. I asked if I could move his shoe to gain entrance into the mall. And, and so I did. And so then, but then the movie let out when? 
12.30. So here I am. This this mall is dark. I never go to the Lloyd Center in the first place. I don't no. know how to get out of here. I'm wandering around in, in this place deserted. They go, There's no one to ask for help. I am stuck inside the Lloyd Center. Like you're stuck in a George oh. Romero film. Is there anyone in there? No. Uh, Something's wrong. Wandering through the I'm, mall. I'm sure they have some sort of security. Were you tempted to vandalize? Were you tempted to loot? No, I wasn't. I was panic stricken. <laughs> I was looking for any sign that. But even the exit signs were turned off. <laughs> I'm sure that's legal. I know. <laughs> Do we need emergency lighting? No, we got to save power. And all the lights are off, so you're wandering around in, in darkness. Of course. And you're wondering, now, how did I get in here in the first place? Now, here's the thing about. <clears throat> And the thing about the uh, Lloyd Center Mall, it is not unlike the mall downtown in that you can never find the exit that takes you to where you came in. You know what I mean? In other words, you come in, there's like seven different doors that will let you into the Lloyd Center Mall, but you can never find that same door when it comes time to leave. And so you always walk outside, and you're in a different parking lot on a different street, facing a different direction, looking around going, where in the name of Christ did I park? And you can never find your car. The worst part was, I I parked in the parking lot where the theaters are outside, right in front of the... uh the, the TriMet area where right. the transients oh, and murders. Oh, yeah. Lucky wait. you. So, just because I got out, it didn't mean I was home free. No. I had to walk past murderers and rapists to get to my car. <laughs> so, I had that to look forward to if I ever got to the Lloyd Center alive, that I could still be murdered before I got to the car. You had to run the gauntlet of thugs to get to your vehicle. Uh, no, the Lloyd Center Mall is just filled. I mean, that whole place, man, it is. it really is just like absolute, it's like human flotsam, that whole place. But the movie is pretty good. I will, I will uh-huh. It takes about 20 minutes to catch on. Yeah. I saw and, the first one. It was like the worst. Did you see the first one? No. It was I, the worst thing ever. I saw about half the first one on HBO, and then I think it's going to hold me. I don't think I'm going to need to but see it, any, it's anymore. It's at the mercy of CGI, basically. Yeah. No, I, uh, but they did show a brand new Goopy cartoon. Why? Now, is National Treasure a Disney film? Yes, it is. Okay, so that explains it. Was, it, uh, was I, this a CGI Goofy cartoon, no, or was it traditional animation? It was traditional cell animation. Is there a big demand for new Goofy cartoons, do you It think? was great. Really? It had, like, the old-school opening, and I'm thinking, am I, like, sitting in a movie theater, like, 50 years ago? <laughs> am I falling through time? In the past. Uh, all right. Well, well speaking Goofy of... had to pick out a new TV. Well, I know it's not that important. Did he pick out, like, an LCD? Yeah. Flat... Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, see, I was just screwing with you. Really? No. And you got all the speakers and all, all the uh, gadgets. And did, yeah. he, did he still drive that like weird old goofy car of his? No, he wasn't driving a car. Did he make a... I can, okay, now here, color me He was delivered did the, after he picked it up. I can never remember this. Does Goofy talk or does he just make that <laughs> noise? Yes. He actually speaks? He didn't speak. Okay, he just does Goofy ever speak? There's a narrator describing Goofy's activity. Now, has that always been the case? Is, is Goofy so. a speechless character? Oh, no, he speaks. I've heard him speak before. But just not in this film. Not in this film, no. All right. Well, there you go. So, if you go to see National Treasure 2, or whatever it's called. At the Lloyd Center. At the Lloyd Center. In the middle of the night. (laughs) First of all, leave a trail of breadcrumbs or shiny stones. Uh, And second of all, you will get to see an exciting new Goofy cartoon. So It's the best. It really is. All right. Was that worth your price of admission? I suppose it was, yeah. And by the but way... Don't go see that. Go see Juno. No, go... Uh, or, or, or go see Charlie Wilson's War, which National was... National Treasure doesn't need any more so money. So unbelievable. Well, I just saw the documentary on TV, so how's it different than the documentary? The Charlie Wilson's War? Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't seen the documentary, so I can't speak to it, and I haven't read the book on which it was based, but boy, God damn, is it great. I mean, it is so good. It is, I mean, I know that everybody accuses me of just being a nerd for anything Aaron Sorkin does. Aaron Sorkin has certainly had some missteps in his career. Not everything he's done has been gold. But Charlie Wilson's War is, first of all, it's, it's the biggest compliment I can give to this movie is 
Well, one of them is that, A, you... I really have an unbridled loathing uh, for Julia Roberts, but you know what? She's actually she's good. She's understated. Uh, she she's not irritating or grating in any way. The mo- it's hilarious. First of all, the movie is unbelievably funny, but it's also sort of touching and infuriating, and it's informative. But in a way, but you never feel like they're lecturing you or like you're being taught anything. It's just such a fantastically entertaining film that at the end of it, you go, "Wait a minute! I was just taught something." Damn! And it kind of gets it underneath the radar. Tom Hanks is great. Philip Seymour Hoffman continues to be like one of the best actors of our generation. Um, it's really and Julia Roberts really wasn't good. over the top. No, and that she one line really annoying. That line that everybody. Sees Seizes on from the trailer, which I've actually never seen. I've never seen the trailer for Either. it. But Seamus seized upon some line from the trailer that actually isn't even in the film. I mean, and she's actually on screen for I would say less than ten minutes of the film. This is really of a, in a two-hour movie. I'd say there's like ten minutes of Julia Roberts, and she's not that bad. I mean, she's got kind of a, a kind of a dumb Texas accent, but she, she's not she's not terrible. There's there's nothing terrible about her performance. The uh, the only bad thing about Julia Roberts in Charlie Wilson's War is that, as somebody else said on my uh, blog, when she's on screen, you kind of just are waiting for them to get back to Tom Hanks and Philip Seymour Hoffman because they are so good. Anyway, it's a really really good movie. Uh, it's right up. To, I'd put it up there with Good Night and Good Luck. I mean, I really would. It's you know, and it's sort of a, it's it's an interesting current affairs political drama that doesn't feel tedious or stupid, and you don't have to be a politics nerd to enjoy it. So I would really strongly recommend Charlie Wilson's War. And then if you go to see it, there's you get to see the trailer for the new Paul Thomas Anderson film. Uh, there will be blood before that as well. Uh, although I do want to say, when Laura and I went to see Charlie Wilson's War. It was a massive line to get into the theater. All of them for the Nicolas Cage film. So there you go. Oh, you should see John Voight. He looks like your grandmother now. Oh, man. John Voight, he was looking bad when he did Varsity Blues. And that was like 10 years ago. He already had some weird plasticky robotic Madame Tussauds face on him. So... Also, well, I don't even want to get off. I don't want to talk. But now he looks like Angela Lansbury with glasses. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's hard to believe he that... He's a little pig man. It's difficult to believe that his genes created half of Angelina Jolie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Just doesn't really seem... Who is her mother? Oh. Everybody knows that John Voight is her father. Who's her mother? I, don't, I know that her mother recently died. I just realized that. She's got one famous celebrity parent, but not the other. Um, speaking of Nicolas Cage, uh, we opened the show today with a Nicolas Cage clip from a movie that just came out on DVD, a movie called Lord of War, which really is pretty great. Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage seems to have some thing where he makes nine terrible films to every one good film. It's, it's, it's somehow some weird sort of crap to decent ratio that's in his contract. Uh, if you're a fan of like of Goodfellas, uh, I really strongly urge you to watch Lord of War. It is as though imagine Goodfellas about an arms dealer instead of a gangster. Uh, and it, it's a really, really exceptional film. Nicolas Cage, Jared Leto, uh, and uh, Ethan Hawke. It's actually, it's really, really great. Let's do some of these uh, telephone calls, shall we? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, uh, this is kind of a non-sequitur, but I just wanted to throw out my nomination for the funniest Tim moment of 2007. The funniest Tim moment? Yeah, well, I always call up and say Tim Riley rules. I think yeah. he's great. But, All right. Um, uh, it, it's when in this moment always get, it gets overlooked. I never hear you guys talk about it. Maybe bust up laughing when Scotty came into you, you played the sounder. Scotty came in and said, oh, "Hello, Rick, and hello, Sarah. Hello, Tim." And Tim just slapped him down. He said, "Oh, you yucker! Why don't you get on top forty radio?" <laughs> I don't even remember this. I don't moment. remember that either. <laughs> oh, it was just a snippet of time, man. But it gave me a lot of laughs. All right. I, I just wanted to share it. Thank, thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. So are you wondering about the uh, the mother of what's her name? Her name is Marshalline Bertrand. 
who he was married to. That sounds from, like wife number one. That name that screams was, pre-fame no, wife. It's wife number wife number one was Lori Peters, which sounds great, from 1962 to 67. And this is wife number two from 71 to 78. 72 to 78? So that would have been 71. So that would have been like deliverance era. Mm -hmm. Huh. Interesting. Is there wife number three? No. All right. Uh, Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. Hello. Hello. Hi. How you doing, friend? Hey, it's Rick. uh, Rick, I'll tell you. It's Jeff. Hi. New York, York, Jeff. Hello. You know, Rick, all I wanted to call in was to say... Happy New Year, and, you know, your show has entertained me so much this year. You and everybody on the show can deserve a big congratulations for putting on a terrifically entertaining show. I travel an awful lot in my car, and I'm always tuning in. I'm always hearing things that are making me laugh. You guys are just the greatest little show in Portland. It's a great little secret. And whatever I get, little show in Portland. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. And I go back to the East Coast an awful lot, and I tell my friends, try and catch the webcast. Uh-huh. So I'm telling you, you know, you got some East Coast supporters as well. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. You uh, keep spreading the word. You call us anytime. Happy New Year to you. You as well. Happy New Year, everybody. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Yep. Uh, Let me read a couple of these emails, and then we'll take a break here in a second. Uh, Don't forget, Glorious Bastard of the Year being announced later on today as well. Uh, Let's see. This is Rick. I just witnessed uh, witnessed the most uncomfortable thing on CNN. Listen to this. A reporter standing in Times Square at 4 a.m. wearing giant glitzy 2008 sunglasses at 4 a.m. in the dark, who then said twice during the same report, quote, this is so awful because you can, as I say this, you can picture the CNN reporter with the big dumb glitzy 2008 glasses in the dark saying this, said twice during the same report, quote, I am styling and profiling. That's so wonderful. Why? I don't know. I want to have audio of that. He says, why are all the retards on television while all the great broadcasters are radio correspondents? That's because they're, uh, that's because they're great, sir. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me just read this, then we'll, uh, then we'll read one final email, and then we'll break. Rick, speaking of uh, people who find us amusing, Rick, I unfortunately had to have hernia surgery last week. Don't ask. Anyway, after hearing you guys go on and on about super bad, I decided to delay my hourly Vicodin shots for an afternoon and go uh, watch super bad. So he goes to the store, he gets super bad, he brings it home. He says, now I am scheduled for hernia repair surgery on Monday. Uh, not to mention my wife has proof that I'm a complete dork and she will uh, never let me uh, blah, blah, blah. There we go. That. Uh, and finally this, Rick. Jesus God, Sarah, haven't you yet learned to leave your face alone for the love of God? Remember when your nose was plugged and you bought crappy nasal mist and couldn't breathe for days? Do you remember when your ear ached and you bought a generic ear juice product and lost your hearing for a week, Tim style? Remember that nose ring that you got at a rock concert and your nose ached for weeks and you sounded like one of God's special people when you spoke? And now... Teeth bleaching with clearance dental products. Now your gums are bleeding like a West Craven hillbilly. <laughs> Damn it, woman. Leave your face to trained professionals. You've only got one. Anyway. That's a good point. Hey, can I tell you something really awkward that yes. I just got from Scotty J? Uh-huh. So I wrote him a comment um, like a few days ago as a joke. Well, because, you know, we we're huge fans of his wife here. And <laughs> I wrote, I have a free membership to the Swingers Club with your name on it, like smiley face. Uh-huh. As a joke. And instead of posting it, he just responded to me back. Funny. Happy New Year, Sarah. Scotty J. And he didn't post it on his page because I think he's afraid he's going to get the smackdown from the woman. Oh, wait. So this is a, not a message. This was a comment. comment. So he didn't. You ought to resubmit it and demand that he post it. Okay, I will right now. <laughs> 
So you sent a comment about the Swingers Club, and he won't post the comment, but he, he just responded to you privately. He's just funny. He's like, funny. Happy that is, New Year, Sarah. That is totally because he's afraid of his wife. That is, he doesn't want to get the, uh, he doesn't want to get the big Mrs. J uh, scrotal kick. Or maybe he already has a membership. Oh, can you imagine? Okay, let's list right now the person who you would be most horrified to see at the Swingers Club. Go. God, it would have to be him. <laughs> I like how there's not even any question. And you can't just throw that out there and then expect me to try and think of somebody to equal that. What Can about I, you? Uh, I'm going to say Matt Peterson. Tim? I, I would cheer that more. <laughs> All right, then. No one's listening today. We're being mean today. That's fine. Okay, my final thing, and then we'll have to break. We don't have Steve this hour anyway. So I don't we'll... want to resubmit it. I'm kind of scared now. Add a comment. What should I write as a comment? I can submit it. We should all submit it until he posts it from somebody. Although okay. coming from you, I think that's the thing. I think it's the dual, it's the dual thing should of it being about the emoticons. Big kisses. I think it's the thing that it's about the Swingers uh, Club, and it's from you. Because I think we all know that Mrs. J would not look so askance at a comment from me. It's that the comment is coming from you. I think that's the, uh, that's the thing about Mrs. J right there. Uh, finally, Cowboy. I want to thank uh, listener Brad who dropped this off. This is a late Christmas present to the Rick Emerson Show. Yes, it's Touch Me, the poems of Suzanne Summers. Oh, I thought it was going to be the Catholic coloring book. No, no, it's a whole book of Suzanne Summers poetry. Who wants to hear a poem? I do. All right. Touch me in secret places. Thank you. Touch me in secret places. In secret places? No one has reached before. In silent places where words only interfere. In sad places where only whispering makes sense. Touch me, not like a cat or a tree, or even a flower. For I am more than all of these, yet akin to them, a woman. Touch me, for I was made to be touched. I can never be touched enough. There you go. The poetry of Suzanne Somers. All right, pleased to be handing that over. There you go. Dedicated to a guy that I think she divorced two husbands ago. So, fantastic. Think it was ghostwritten? Oh. oh. <laughs> I need someone to ghostwrite Suzanne Summers' poetry. <laughs> fantastic. All right. Uh, we should take a break here because it's like 11.35. Uh, do you wish to read a Suzanne Summers' poem into the break, Sarah? This one's called... No, this is... It's too long. I need to find a shorter one. All right. She's kind of wordy. Do you want to... Suzanne Summers. Well, she's Hangovers. Got of, she's got a lot of time on her hands. <laughs> <laughs> Hangovers. Once... Hangovers troubled me, and vague memories of loud laughs and lewd dances, and hostile glances from jealous wives. Once, hangovers troubled me, and vague memories of insults and confrontations and things I wanted to say, but knew I shouldn't. Now, I enjoy my hangovers, and vague memories of my vulgarity, or whatever, because I've grown old enough to know that everyone has the right, once in a while, to make an ass of himself. Fantastic. The poetry of Suzanne Summers, ladies and gentlemen. All right, back after this, and then the uh, new news hour coming up at uh, 12 p.m. You stay there. Radio program. It's 503 733 2970. 
Still to come, more poetry from Suzanne Summers. Uh, later on, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth, Glorious Bastard of the Year. Uh, Taser Watch, Religious Nutcase Watch, Geek Watch. Uh, I'm giving it like a one in three that we'll talk to Jim Roof today. And uh, let's see. All right, something else. Something else that seemed really... Oh, we had to talk... Well, when Tim's on later, remind me to tell you... Because I meant to get to this Thursday and we didn't, then I meant to get to it Friday and we didn't. But we got to talk about uh, the miraculous Christmas gift that the Lord bestowed upon Tim. Uh, and it, I still have no idea what that gift is. Oh, it's fantastic. It really is great. But it's but we need the audience's help to really make the gift functional. And I know this sounds really... I'm not making any sense. But it'll, it'll all make sense when I describe it next time. I know it sounds very vague right now. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, so, Richie, let's do this. In this segment, so I can uh, not so I can get it done, which is so we can try to do it in a different segment of the show than we usually do. Let's do a Kissology Volume Three giveaway right now. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Richie, we'll take a uh, caller five and then hold the couple after that in case caller five bombs out as they sometimes do. Uh, we'll take caller five at five zero three seven three three two nine seventy for your chance at a copy of Kissology Volume Three. Ten hours of live Kiss on DVD, including their entire uh, MTV Unplugged reunion show from VH1 Classic Records. Uh, we'll take caller five uh, at five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Can I talk about what you were just telling me during the break? Please say yes. Okay, yes. Yeah, so you make no reference. We won't use his name. Okay. In any way. And no, yeah, no reference yet to who he is at all. I well, because you just said his name to me once, and I've already forgotten it. So okay. I don't, I don't remember who it was. So let me just recreate this conversation that we had. You tell me if I've gotten everything right. That a male friend of yours called you this weekend to ask if it was, and how bizarre that he was asking your permission to ask. No, not my permission. He was asking whether I thought it was a good idea. Well, that's, but, but he's getting your input on it. How creepy and great is that? So a male friend of yours called you this weekend to ask if you thought it was all right for him to have sex with a prostitute if someone else paid for it. <laughs> Only you get calls like this. Only your life is this way. So where was he calling from? From a place. From a place he of was, from a house of the rising was, sun. He was with a bunch of people, um, a bunch of like work associates. Uh huh. That he he perhaps works for like a um, like a company. Does this company sell cocaine? No. Okay. I just, no, but he'd be identifiable. But I mean, but it's is it a reputable line of work? He's not like a a criminal. No, 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 no. All right. Very reputable. And one of his friends was just like, hey, you know, they they went to this place and there were like ladies of the night there, and they're like, hey, we'll do this, you know, for okay. a certain amount of money. Oh, now your phone's ringing. All right. Um, okay. Wait, so. Okay, so this was like, it was like a holiday party? No, it was... A, just a gathering. Just like a gathering. I think they were just all out being social, doing so was what guys do. Him and some friends hanging out this weekend. Now, were they at a... Um... They were at a place that there were those kind of ladies. I didn't really understand. He was pretty drunk. But, I mean, it, was, it wasn't like... They weren't, like, at a brothel. They weren't at a brothel. They, they were just out at, at some sort of party gathering. But he said that he met another businessman who's like, hey, you know... Would you like a good time? Exactly. They know, they know all these escorts and stuff. Uh -huh. And so he's like, so I met this guy with this escort business. And he said that his friend would pay for it if he wanted to do it. He's like, what do you think I should do? Now, I'm why like, was the friend going to pay for it? Because I think the friend wanted to do it. And okay, his so friend has a lot of money. And can, I, can I make up two fictitious names for your friends just so I can keep track of the story? Yeah. Okay. So let's call them... Let's call them um, Bill and Ted. 
Okay. All right. So your friends Bill and Ted, that's what mm-hmm. we're going to call them. So Bill and Ted were at a party this weekend, and there were escorts there for whatever reason. And Bill offered to buy a hooker for Ted. And Ted then called you and asked you what you thought about him sleeping with a hooker if Bill paid for it. Yes. Okay. And I told Ted to go for it. <laughs> really? Did you? Absolutely. Fantastic. Good for you, no, Sarah. No, I mean, see, you know I what? thought you would be. No, see, I thought you would be um, uh, no sort of way. judgmental about it. No, not at all. You know what? My my buddy's a great guy, and <laughs> you're a great guy. No, you need to have sex with more prostitutes. I'm just saying he's a single man. He's not committed to anybody, and if one of his friends is gonna. Pay for him to have sex with a high class hooker then. Now that's now was she a high class yeah, hooker? I mean, this wasn't this like is, some skeezy like band aid covered. Yeah, who has a lot of money. Oh, I see. So these are yeah. so these were not hookers, they were escorts. They were escorts. And I and I say that and I think there is sort of a an aesthetic and financial distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. I mean everybody knows what a hooker looks like. Everybody kinda knows what a prostitute looks like, and then there is an escort or a call girl. And I think a call maybe a call girl is almost a better term. Call girl and hooker are not the same thing. Uh, and I should say that I have, you know, I've never been with, you know, either a hooker or a call girl, yeah, but I don't, I know, you know. Yeah, and I think this person has before as well. So oh, really? Okay, yeah. so Ted has been with a lady of the evening in the past. I think. Do you know how much she cost? It was like $300, I think. For, but I think, for like an hour? But I think that he didn't end up doing the complete act because that turned out to be a lot more expensive than he oh, anticipated. Oh, really? So he just got. Yeah. Yeah. Hung out. Uh. Okay. Yeah. So no, they, uh, like what I'm trying to say. I'm trying There's to find nothing. some. Um, so, but he said that he had fun and that he's glad that he did it. Okay. Well, we have to. Well, okay. We have to talk about this more in just a second. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show caller five. Hello, sir or, or madam, as the case may be. Who is this? Hello, Rick. This is Delivery Man Dwight. Delivery Man Dwight, how are you today? Big plans for New Year's? Awesome. Actually, no. That's it's amateur night. I stay home. Oh, I thought you meant you were going to be going to one of our fine adult sponsors, perhaps. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let no, me no. ask you this. Would you sleep with a call girl if your friend paid for it? Uh, 20 years ago, maybe. All right. Excellent. All right. Are you a KISS fan, Dwight? Oh, huge. First right. time I saw him, August 1978. Excellent. Coliseum. All right. So here's the deal, then. I'm going to play a KISS song done in a different style. You'll then have, uh, we'll get to 20 seconds of music for you. You'll have 10 seconds to think about it. After that... Uh, you must correctly identify the song. If you do so, you'll win a copy of Kissology Volume 3 on DVD, 10 hours of live Kiss, including their MTV Unplugged reunion from VH1 Classic Records. All you ready, sir? Oh, God, I hope there are lyrics in this one. Uh, well, I wouldn't count on that. All right. All right, here we go. I'm going to put you on hold so you can listen. You will hear 20 seconds of Kiss, followed by 10 seconds of thinking music. Dwight, identify this Kiss song. Do you know that Kiss song? Detroit Rock City. Congratulations, my friend. Yes. All right. You win a copy of Kissology Volume 3 on DVD from VH1 Classic Records. Oh, well my done. God. Thank All you right. so much. Hey, let me say one thing. Yes. You know, Jeff had it almost right. You guys are not a little show. You know, there's, there's other shows. This is just a great show. It's helped me through a hell divorce. And You know, I used to be a right-wing drone. 
And now uh, I can't wait for it to be 11 o'clock every day. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Are you spreading Thank the you. word? I tell everybody. I go to Jackpot. I go to CD Game Exchange. I mean, I'm... Uh, I just love this show. Thank Excellent. you. God bless you. Congratulations. Happy New Year to you. I'm going to put you on Thank hold. Thank you. Rich, you'll get your information. Thank, uh, information. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank uh, you, Rich. You Rich, you're going to get Dwight's info. Excellent. Fantastic. Now I'm kind of regretting well bringing up the prostitute thing. Why? I, I Did you just get a text message? No. Well, what does he care? We're not using his name. That's true. I don't even know his real name. You told me, but like with all names, I've completely forgotten it. So I forget the names of people that I've met 50 different times. So. I don't, well, if one of your buddies called you and he's just like, hey... You know, my I know like one of your single friends. We have like, a we have a, a shared friend who uh, who um, slept with a prostitute. No, <laughs> it's funny that you immediately go to him though. Um, see now, see now, I almost regret bringing it up because I don't want the audience to feel like like they're not in on the the whole thing. Okay, but, yeah, then don't tell me. Well, I won't. Uh, you could probably guess. What? Who? What? What did you just mouth? Um, no, not him. No, we have a we have a yeah we have a shared male acquaintance who uh, had an encounter with a lady of the evening, and I was it recently? No, just a few some years back. Uh, I mean, it was in the last few years. I'm trying to remember if this person has ever disclosed it on the show. I don't know if they have. Are they or not. in? A, is this person in a relationship now? Um, no, I would. This person is not uh, not exclusively dating anyone, to my knowledge. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, he's way too buttoned up. Yeah. I can't. Maybe now. No, no, I totally picture him with like, like chaining himself into a closet or something. Do we want to say who we're ruling out? No, well, not after I just said that. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying you can see that person being secretly perverse? Yes, I can see that person getting a little naughty. Uh, no, 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 here's what I can see that person doing. And I, and we'll have to quit this because yeah, it's gotta stop. no fair on the audience. But Sarah just uh, mouthed the name of someone who is uh, sort of part of the, the Rick Emerson Show extended cast. Here's the thing about that person. I can see them maybe doing it, but I see them being uh, on the submissive side. No, that's exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. No, I'm not saying that oh, no, he's I, the one holding No, me. I see them with like a pacifier in their mouth and uh, and maybe like rubber pants. <laughs> that's what I see. Uh, no, anyway, so yeah, we have a shared friend who, uh, and this was at a uh, a brothel in Nevada hmm. uh, and had, uh, you know, and, and took advantage of one of the uh, whatever and was very enthusiastic about the whole experience. So, and this is, you know, and it's not like he called it, hey, guess what I'm going to do? It's like I just sort of heard about it after the fact, but whatever, I don't care. Exactly. I don't pass I mean, any judgment. You know what? He's a single guy and he wanted to get laid, and if his friend's going to, you know, make that happen for him, why not? Okay, so this is, all right. Well, that's just fantastic. So, the... Uh, uh, yes, that's okay. who it was. All right, somebody just sent that to Did me. Somebody, oh, so somebody else knows who it was? All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was him. Um, so your friend, just so I can recap the story, so your friend Ted calls you from a party, and how weird is that, though, that his friend is offering to buy him a hooker well, I think for, his, like, an hour? His friend has a lot of money. I think his friend himself wanted a hooker. And so, like, in order uh, oh, for I him... Oh, I see. No, so I think in order like for him to feel better... Like a in order for him to feel better, he's like, hey, I want to have sex with this hooker, but I feel a little skeezy, so if you do it too... Then I won't feel as slutty. Different hooker. Different hooker. Okay. So this is... Now, they were out... I have to know more about this. So they were at this party together. They were in a bar with a bunch of work associates, and they were approached... um, Approached by the pimp, for lack of a better word? Yeah. The guy who manages the escorts. Now... Who gave them a phone number. Said, call this if you want to have a good time. Yeah. And Bill, you think Bill wanted to get with a, a call girl... But felt weird about it, so he figured I will then pay for my friend to have a call girl as well. So then it's like a bonding experience, and neither of us will feel weird because we've both done it. Yes. All right. So 
But I'm thinking Ted probably was going to do it anyway. So, but, so then where did they go? Like, did, they, did the hookers come to their individual houses? No, they come, um, I think they got a hotel room. Please tell me they got two different hotel rooms. Um, yes, they got two different All right. Please tell me it wasn't a whole lot of fun. You be in the bathroom and I'll be out in the living room. Hey, there are two beds. Uh, oh, uh. Uh, all right. Excellent. Fantastic. So uh, so your friend Ted... Um, so it turns out that, it, that in order to the, it, complete the whole he did package, not have um, He did not have uh, intercourse. typical intercourse. He... Uh, Achieved satisfaction, but through in, in a an alternate way. means. All right. Yes, yeah, so you still have to pay a lot of money for. Did he give you? Was it, did he give you like a big thumbs up about the whole experience? No, because he was kind of drunk when he called me, and then I think he kind of. That's what I just did. I, know, I think he kind of regretted calling me. He's like, "Sir, you got to talk me out of this. Either tell me it's a good idea oh, or a please. bad idea." You and I'm with a bunch of my friends. I'm like, I'm like, oh, totally do it, do it, do it. And See, then, that really does surprise me. Uh, just because I would think that. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those weird things, because I think I know you pretty well, but it surprises me that you would be bullish on that. It, it seems to me like I would sort of expect you to talk well, I mean, him out What am it. I supposed to No, I mean, what am I supposed to do? He's single. He wants to go you know, sleep with somebody. Oh, I, no. mean, I don't care. It doesn't matter. But I, I guess that's no, like you I mean, would have a problem with it No, somehow. I mean, thinking about it, I mean, he has the money. He, if he has the means to do it, and he has... And if that's what he wants to do. I and mean, it's not some, like, crack whore from yeah. 80 seconds. <laughs> you know, if it is some crack whore, it's his business, you know? That's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Excellent. Good for you. You're a good friend, Sarah Dillon. Oh, thank you. That's fantastic. Prostitute. I have to tell you, though, I, I I have always been sort of weirdly... I should say that I don't really have any desire to be with an escort or, you know, a hooker or whatever. I think some guys are into that, like... Not just because of the sex, but, like, for its own sake, because it's sort of taboo or... Like the guys who date strippers. Yeah, well, it's just, yeah, where it's sort of like a, um, I don't want to say role-playing, but it's like they are attracted to the mystique or the lifestyle, or they're attracted to it because it's taboo or it's forbidden somehow, or like the uh, friend of ours that I was mentioning, um, he he did it because um, he wanted to be with a certain type of woman that he just uh, wasn't, you know, hadn't really ever um, dated. Mm -hmm. He was attracted to a certain kind of girl, um, and... Uh, I'll say this. He was attracted to a certain... He wanted to be with a girl of a certain ethnicity. Oh, And just okay. had, it had never really come together for him in his personal life. So he's like, this is the way I can do it. Go in. There's the menu. You pick what you want. Bada bing. Check it off the list. Um, so, but I am weirdly fascinated by the whole concept of escort ads and escort services. Because don't you all... And this is the other reason it's interesting. Don't you all assume that it's, like, just a scam? Like, when you see escort service ads, don't you just figure that you're going to pay 300 and then she's going to come to your room... And then she's going to ask for another 150, and you're going to give her the other 150, and then, like, some bodyguard's going to show up, and they're going to take your cash and leave, mm -hmm. and then you're just sitting there like a tool. So I always just sort of assumed that it was that the whole thing was like a ripoff, especially if you go to Las Vegas. Have you ever looked through the escort section in Las Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas Yellow Pages? No, I've just seen all the, like, little things, little pieces of paper everywhere with all the girls on them. That they hand out on the street? Mm -hmm. The next time you go to Las Vegas, pick up, when you're in a hotel room, if you want to amuse yourself, pick up the Yellow Pages. Open it up to the escort section, and I swear to you, it's like a quarter-inch thick. It's like 80 pages of escorts um, in the Las Vegas. And there's got to be, I think in the age of the Internet, there's probably got to be some Internet service or a website or whatever that tells yeah. you what to do. Because if you were just some horny guy with like 500 bucks and you have 80 pages of escort ads, I mean, I would just be, I would just be convinced that I was going to be ripped off. Uh, and then we'll do this, and we got a break. Come back with the news hour. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show about hookers. Hello. <laughs> Hey, I have a question for Sarah, a little litmus test on her advice that she gave to her friend. Oh, and by the way, did the other guy, Bill, did he also get with a lady of the evening? You know, I didn't ask. 
I, I don't know, because I, cause I didn't speak to him anymore that night, and then we talked to him a couple days later. All right. And then I had asked him, and he's like, no, I didn't do that. I did this. So then we laughed. And... Uh, what was your comment, sir? Well, I had a question for Sarah. Sarah. Yes. Would you date a guy who had been with a hooker? Oh, that's a good question. Well done, sir. Oh. Congratulations. Well, that, I just, that, that, that's, the little, that's the little sort of uh, Rorschach test to see if that was good advice you gave him. A, a guy yeah. that you were otherwise attracted to or at least not opposed to dating if you found out that he had paid to have sex with a call girl? Probably if, well, it depends on the reasoning for it. I don't, hmm. I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying. I mean, if he otherwise didn't have any any problems, no outward issues, you know. I guess it depends on like what kind of need he was trying to satisfy. Like, if he's some like. What if he says, "Look, I, well, I was in the, I was in Seattle one weekend, and I was in town on business. I didn't really know anybody, and you know, I just kind of wanted to, uh, kind of wanted to sleep with somebody. I want to go to a bar, and I figured this is like an easy way to sort of get it taken care of, and you know, without any weird drama or anything. No big deal. I had some time and money, and you know, I didn't know anybody in town. Well, it's like the difference between a uh, habit and uh, experimentation. Yeah, like if and if he exactly. just if he'd done it once and it was because he didn't know anybody in town and he it was late at night and he didn't want to have to go out. Well, like, a lot of people know. do a lot of things, you know, once. No, oh. I mean, what are you looking at? <laughs> hey. Do they, Sarah? High concept topic of the day. For example. No, All I right. mean, you know, like you can do something stupid once and realize, like, oh, you know, that probably wasn't the the greatest idea. Can you? Can I? All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good day, man. Bye now. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's something to think on. All right. I don't know. Would you, if you knew that, um, like a lady, if let's say you were single, and you knew a lady just um, called had like a call boy. Oh, what do I care? Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I think it's just all it's about. It's totally the different for guys. No, see, guys, it's a totally different thing for guys because if you're a guy, and then you're a, and then you find out that a woman had some sort of like a gigolo or whatever come over, then you're like, all right, because that because then that because then that means. Because that means that she is, um, that is hard evidence uh, that she is probably uh, sexually open uh, or at least is able to separate. Because guys have this whole fear that uh, whoever they're with is not going to be able to separate, like, sex from love. And you know that whole dumb thing about how, like, I thought it was one thing, but then she thought we were dating. And if you know a woman has been with, a, a, like, a male uh, escort or a gigolo or whatever you call it, then you know that she's able to separate those two. So for a guy, it would be, that would be a good thing because it would be evidence that she's able to be sort of casual about it and not get wound up in drama. Well, who's to say that I haven't, you know, dated somebody who's been with a prostitute? I mean, honestly... You're a terrible like, person. No, but I mean, honestly, like, you don't know. I've dated some slutty men. And oh, wait, like, so you're saying... So you're not saying you have. You're saying, how do you know? No, except how do you know? Like, it isn't something that you go broadcasting. I bet it's something if That's they're true. not comfortable with it. I, you know, I could have dated several men who've been with the hookers. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I think the this better conversation's getting weird. And then we have to break, and then we'll come back. Tim Riley doesn't want any part of this conversation, but he's busy preparing news. I will say this. The better question is, so you ask a woman, you say, look, would you date a guy who'd been with a hooker? The better question is, uh, to a guy, say, uh, would you date a woman who had once had sex for money? That's the better question to a guy. And? Say, like, if you met a girl and she otherwise seemed normal, again, no other weird personality issues or flaws or whatever, but you found out that once she had to make the rent and there was just no other way to do it, and she knew, like, a decent, respectable businessman who was willing to pay her uh, to have sex, and she did it just the one time. Would you? Totally. I don't care. That's true. No, it doesn't. I mean, I, no. I mean, it, it, 
That is a good question, though. As long as she's not mental in some other way. Yeah. So. Well, as long as it's, I, I think for me, as long as it isn't trying to, like, satisfy some need outside, like, if it was seeing somebody and he was going and getting hookers well, on the weekend. And I think there's some, and I think there's, like, guys who, as you said, are sort of compulsive about dating strippers or hookers or whatever, like Drew Carey, who seems like a nice guy and whatever, but Drew Carey's always been really upfront about the fact that he dates strippers exclusively. Like, that's all he dates. Are you kidding? Yeah, uh, maybe he's changed, but when he did his Playboy magazine interview years ago, they focused a lot on the fact that he dated strippers and hookers. And he said he had this whole, and he was very upfront about it to his credit. He said, I, he said, there's something weird with me. I don't know. He's like, I don't know what issue it is. I don't know what I'm trying to, what hole I'm trying to fill, so to speak. He said, but, you know, he said he had a whole thing for hookers and strippers, and that's the only type of girl he would date. So That is strange. Totally. All right, then. That's one to grow up. Take a break. The more you know. Uh, back after this with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, later on, we may or may not speak to Jim Roop. We will have a top five, a Taser Watch, Geek Watch, Britney Watch, all that you stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Third of the way through the zombie survival guide, and he—that's the genius of Max Brooks—is that he doesn't write it like they're just spooks and specters coming from the dead. Like he writes it as though it's a virus. And the first uh, 20 or 30 pages of the zombie survival guide is talking about the physiology of the virus and how it works and how it just—it mutates the cells in your brain, which effectively turns you into a zombie. But it's not like a—you know—but he doesn't approach it like it's like a voodoo spell or anything like that. So it's—it's um, it's pretty great. Well, it's World War Z is. Um, it just has such an epic feel to it. That's what's so great about it, because it's literally the whole globe. Um, and I won't give anything away, but you know, later on there's actually an interview, because it all takes place like six years after the end of the war, ten years after the end of the war. And there's an interview with a guy who spent the entire war stranded on the Soviet space station, because they'd shot him up into space as a cosmonaut, and then there was like no one on Earth to bring him home. And so he spent the entire uh, war, the entire zombie war, watching the hostilities through his, like, space telescope, you know, hit the telescope on the space station, watching the entire war unfold on Earth, but unable to get down there and do yeah, anything about it. Yeah, I think it's pretty it's, cool. And, it, it, yeah, and I'm reading, I was at a bookstore, and, um, and then went to a coffee shop, and I was reading it in the coffee shop. People kept looking at me like I was weird because it says World War Z on the big on the front of it. I'm like, you know what? It might look stupid, but it's a pretty cool no, book. No, it's great. And I the number of people I know who are reading it or who have read it, um, it's just and, – and the fact that uh, Brad Pitt optioned the rights for it is just – I'm really hoping that it turns into a good film. Oh, uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, for those of you who drink too much tonight, don't want to drive, why not hop aboard the terror train? <laughs> Max service, beginning at 8 o'clock tonight, is free. Uh, Can you imagine that? A train load of drunken strangers. Like there's anything that could make the Max worse. All getting ready to kill you. <laughs> uh, Trinet will uh, provide extra service to the blue and yellow light rail lines. And will run more often or later into the evening hours. For instance, the trains run every 50 minutes till 1 a.m. And then they'll run every 30 minutes till 2 o'clock. Who wouldn't want to be on a drunken train at 2 a.m. with no police protection? You can go all the way to the airport with these drunks <laughs> until 3. 
till 3 o'clock. Hell you can Earth. travel with drunks and take a free ride. God damn. Like there's not enough vomit on those trains to begin with. Oh. I can't even... Imagine the smell inside one of those Max trains at about 2.30 this morning. I mean, this is really bad stuff. They think they're doing something good. Well, it's not the first baby of the new year in the coup, but it's close. A baby has been born in a McDonald's bathroom. And the mother didn't even know she was pregnant. That's okay. This is that story then. I was walking by the television it's in the hallway. It's like a Mad Men episode. I, ex- exactly. I was walking uh, to the bathroom earlier, and there's that television in the rack room there. And I just saw the caption at the bottom. Something, something, McDonald's, blah, blah, blah. Mother didn't know she was pregnant. Yeah. So, And this was in Vancouver. So this was the evening shift at the fast food eatery on State Route 500 when employee Daniel Miller suddenly felt ill and ran for the bathroom. Her 16-year-old co-worker, Janie Herrera, followed. Janie is spelled J-A-Y-N-A-E. Janie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like you were pregnant. Oh. I guess the question is... What is her question? I don't know. I was like, you are pregnant. Is That's this, her question. Is this written in uh, authentic coup speak? It must be. Yeah. Because she was so in the bathroom, and I'm like, are you pregnant? <laughs> because she was in the bathroom, and I'm like, are you pregnant? It's hard to believe that these girls wouldn't be don't knowledgeable that they're pregnant. about their bodies or birth control. She says, I don't think so. A couple of minutes later, she says the baby is coming out, and that's when I start freaking oh, out. Oh, oh, uh. Oh, why does that not? Because so she said me? she didn't know she was pregnant, and then she said the baby's coming out. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, I'm uh, like, I'm like, you are you pregnant? So, uh, her coworker at McDonald's, with the assistance of a 911 dispatcher, Jesus. helped her deliver the baby in the McDonald's restroom. You know, this is the difference between Vancouver and other places. In other places in the country, the story would be about how, and you know, this story is coming. There will be a story about how a woman, blah, 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 premature labor or goes into labor when she's not expecting it. And with the help of her BlackBerry and Google, delivered the baby to safety. And then Google will, like, you know, put it out as a huge PR release. Let's all pause to examine a couple things. First of all, imagine you're the friend. And then from inside the bathroom. Imagine you're waiting for your food at the drive-up. You just... <laughs> wondering where it is. Like you see it on the customer service angle of it. Where are my fries? Um, just a whole, hey, there's a baby coming out in here. The Imagine, and this is more a question for Sarah than for us, but imagine that you go into a bathroom because you're feeling a little ill, and then a baby just starts coming out of you. How horrifying well, is that? Well, how fat do you have to be to begin with? Well, it is the couve, and a McDonald's yeah. in the couve at that. Is there a picture the of, the, uh, of the, young, the, the, the young mother? No. Really? Mm-mm. That's very telling. Is how old is she? Okay? So It doesn't say. Well, it's okay in the couve. <laughs> It's a lot. <laughs> By Coop standards, the baby is flourishing. It hasn't been sold for drugs. Somebody used some of the grease paint and drew a picture of a stork on that. I thought it was in the Coop. Welcome, baby. B A Y B E. Genius. Yeah, if they don't have her picture or her age. I'm guessing she's. Well, uh... with the help of the 16 year old co worker. Oh, well, there you go. Said, I was like, are you pregnant? She asked. Because she was so in the bathroom, and I'm like, are you pregnant? So what? that was the first question after her co-worker has a bellyache. Are you pregnant? Of course, and how telling is that, by the way? That they don't immediately go to, did you eat something bad? Or maybe you have the flu. It's, are, are you going to have a baby? You know, it is the coup. Fantastic. So uh, that's a happy holiday heartwarming story. Or two th- not the first baby of the year in the coup, but there are other McDonald's, and they're probably open late tonight. What is the, uh, is there some sort of a pun-filled headline? Is there like a, uh, just a baby born at McDonald's? Uh, <laughs> they couldn't even be bothered. Oh. 
<laughs> they couldn't even be bothered to come up. Imagine being that child, though. Just, you know, shoved out on a McDonald's bathroom floor by a mother who didn't know she was pregnant. I think I'll name him Ronald McDonald. Don't you? <laughs> the baby will be named Ronald. Did you ever wonder about these women who don't know they're pregnant, though? Because we get that story it like twice a year. Out. It totally is you, scary. Because you start to want... Well, for, I mean... Look, Episode I'm, 13 of Mad Men. I'm just saying... I mean, not that would I don't think not, that, it would, that it would happen to me. Wouldn't you but, notice because like, you wouldn't you have your period? You totally notice. I think it's these girls are young and they're getting knocked up and they just don't feel like facing reality. Yeah. They feel like if they ignore it, it doesn't actually exist. That's probably it, too, because I was going to say, because you would you would notice that you weren't uh, having the period and the whatnot. No, the... when you're pregnant, you can have your period. Is that true? Mm-hmm. And I know that, well, and to be fair, I know that some birth control, like if, uh, like Depper Provera and that stuff, like I know that actually stops your period in some women. So, you know, so if it... Misfire though, when you still got pregnant, you might not notice that because you wouldn't. You'd be used to not but, having I mean, your period anyway. I can anyway. notice when I have two big, you know, like a big piece of lasagna for dinner. Like you can <laughs> see it. I can see in my stomach that's like you would notice that you're growing a baby. <laughs> I don't know. I'm... Eat you lasagna tonight. <laughs> Jesus. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson show. Hello. Well, the, Sarah just led into the question I had, and, you know, her working at McDonald's, how big did she have to be to not realize something was growing inside of her? Really? I mean, babies are large, and, and they got, you know, and there's the whole, you know, whatever. There's, like, a placenta, you know, all that stuff. I mean, you would just, you would think you'd spot it. So, yeah, it's like those, uh... Like those women who, you know, there's always women for some reason in these stories that go into the hospital and they have like a 168-pound tumor growing on the side of their lung. And it's like, I didn't even notice it. I thought I had just put on a little weight. And, they've you know, they've got a tumor the size of a house inside of them. So. Yeah, it's like a little bump. Oh, it's an itch. Don't mind that. Yeah, yeah seriously. No, leave it alone. All right, thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, uh, this is Kevin. Uh, they, uh, they played part of the 911 tape last night on KATU when uh-huh. they broadcast the story, and it included the phrase, uh, is the baby in the toilet? Well, get it out. Oh. What, really? Let me go back and see if I can find yes, this. Yes, Tim. Now I'm looking. Why was that phrase uttered? Uh, because they're both, both girls are kind of screaming in the bathroom, it seems like. Toddler survives stabbing the eye with a screwdriver. That's a different story. <laughs> Jesus, what kind Only of... Only in the coup. What is... All right, thank you. We'll now look, we'll look for that. Now All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Is this me? Yes, it is, sir. Hello. In the new hey, year, here's my resolution. My resolution is to come up with a better response to that. How can I help you? <laughs> hey, I know how much you have to weigh to uh, to not know you're pregnant. Okay. I had a neighbor have the same thing happen to her. She was like uh, five foot nothing, weighed over 400 pounds, somewhere between 425, 450. Now is this is this your estimate? Uh, my my guesstimate, yeah. Okay. Well, I know she went to the doctor and they would not allow her on that uh, examination table because they told her she would break it. The table with the reinforced table couldn't quite hold her. <laughs> exactly. Um, you got to be about four twenty five, four fifty. I mean, we couldn't tell she was pregnant until she came home with a baby. And, and so. <laughs> And so it's, so it's feasible that she didn't notice it either. I mean, she obviously did, but, I mean, it would be feasible if she had not noticed it because you didn't. Exactly, yeah, it, it, except for uh, the, the lack of her cycle. All right, thank you. Hey. Yes. Hearing my own voice on the radio is awesome. I'm, I'm one, of your, uh, one of your promos. Wait, what, is your, what promo are you on? The Bearded Lady. Oh, oh, yeah, the, uh, okay, excellent. Thank you, sir. I'm glad we can. I'm glad we can help lighten your life a little bit. 
Best show ever. Thank you, my friend. All right, later. Here, my voice on the radio is awesome. Would it be under the most uplifting stories of 2007? I can't seem to find it. Probably not. It's right next to this one. A woman killed trying to cross I-84 at night. Yeah, that's a bad move. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to do that. Uh, oh, wait, here we go. McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. McDonald's opens drive through in China. McDonald's eyes ballooning coffee market. How can a search of K2 not bring up... I'm searching with the keyword of McDonald's. Okay, let me put in baby. Maybe they don't cover the coup. Well, but this guy said that he saw it on K2. Where they, he said on yeah, K2 they were... Yeah, you didn't? Mm-mm. All right. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick, I'm uh, calling about the McBaby. <laughs> <laughs> well done, yes. Uh, about the whole pregnancy thing, actually, there are women who have their whole entire time do have their period as a pregnant... And I knew a woman that was maybe about a buck fifty, and she was five foot eleven, and she never showed up until she had the baby. So, I, it is perfectly possible not to know that you're pregnant. So it would require a uh, your period either going normally or not normally. However, you know, but I mean, not being noticeably yeah. different. And then also, it would require you being large enough that you don't notice that you're getting even larger. Yeah, see, it, it's all with how much you're, you know, your body cavities. All women really don't body know Body cavities. Much. What a terrible <laughs> phrase. But I was, actually, I didn't find out I was pregnant until about a month before I had my son, and I had two doctors here in the States. Tell me you, tell drunk, me tell me you drank and smoked all the way through your pregnancy. Oh, no. I'm very, very clean person. I don't oh. drink or smoke. Well, all right. But I had, I had two American doctors tell me I wasn't pregnant. American doctors. Two, <laughs> yes, not like those was, savages elsewhere. Yeah, I was over in Europe, actually, where I found out I was pregnant. But it has a lot to do with stress and everything. I did lose my mother and my grandmother 69 days apart. And the doctor's like, oh, you're not pregnant. I had a female doctor who had four kids feel my stomach and tell me that I was not pregnant when the baby was kicking. Don't they give you, like, a test for that? Don't they have you pee on a stick? Yeah. Oh, I had four pregnancy tests. All four of them turned up negative, negative, and my blood test turned up negative. Let me ask you this. Are you sure, and I don't mean to cast aspersions, are you sure you're not crazy and hallucinating the baby? Are you sure you really have a baby? Yeah, he's sitting in the back seat. All right. <laughs> you may want to get some independent verification on that. Yeah, exactly. It's a miracle baby. It's a, it's a miracle baby. It's a Bruce Willis baby that only you can see. <laughs> exactly. My God, you Jenny Hunt. Sense, right? Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I have found the coin edition of the story, so maybe it's in there. Let's see if it's got the get the baby out of the toilet line. Okay, here we go. It's everyone at the McDonald's restaurant near the intersection of SR 500 and Gear Road in Vancouver. Coin News 6 reporter Cor Harlan is live tonight at Southwest Washington Medical Center with a story you'll see only on 6. Cor? Kelly, that's what you call a real value meal, this story here. And this is one of those oh, stories that you just no. look Wait, at and you on. say, you, you just almost can't believe Okay, that doesn't even make any sense. That's not even a good joke. That's not even a bad joke. Core's a listener. Is he? Yeah. He's really, he's super cool. He's the one who did the story on my car. Co, uh, K-O-H-R. Oh, he's a good-looking man, is he not? He yes. came onto the show once, and yeah, he's the one who did the whole investigative report on that drunk driver in my right. car. That's right. Okay, Core, look, if you're a listener, I don't mean to, I don't mean to, to you know, to knock it's you. It's amusing. It, At least he's making an effort. Nobody but that, else over that's there what is. you call a value meal? Yeah. That's just... Structurally speaking, that's just not well, a joke. She went there and she got she's a worker. Food. No, 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 no. She's an employee. She's not a customer. Well, they were paying her, and then she got a baby. But she's not eating a meal. A bonus. See, if she was a see, she if she was a customer buying a meal, I'm doing my Steve Allen deconstructing the joke. If she was a customer who bought some food and then whoa, oh, there's a baby. 
that's a value meal, or maybe that's like the prize that comes with your meal, or some joke to be had there. Um, but if you're an employee and you have a baby, the value meal joke just doesn't make any sense. It just completely falls apart. But at least scrutiny. he's making an attempt to do something, which is more than anyone else over here is doing. <laughs> I suppose. All right, let's, uh, let's so let's go ahead and play the. Uh, there. This is Cor Harlan. Can't believe it if you didn't know that the facts were true. Last Friday night, a woman working her shift at a McDonald's restaurant suddenly she feels some pain. She goes into the bathroom and delivers a baby, if you can believe that. And you won't really believe all of this until you hear a transcript of the 911 recordings. Here we go. It was an evening shift wow. at McDonald's at 16 years. So she didn't know to do that. Let's go back and listen. Not so hilarious as it is messed up. Well, the baby's alive, right? Yeah. Okay. So we the can. Baby who has to be told to it take a baby out of the toilet? McDonald's that 16-year-old Janae Herrera will likely never forget. Her co-worker, Daniil Miller, suddenly ill, runs for the bathroom. Janae follows her, and several minutes later, Janae has the presence of mind to ask what would turn out to be the key question of the night. I was like, um, are you are you pregnant? Because um, she's in the bathroom, and I'm like, are you, are you pregnant? She's like, mm, she's like, I don't think so, I don't think so, and then... A couple minutes later, she's yelling, saying the baby's coming out. So, um... Jesus. That's when I start kind of freaking out. I'm like, what do you mean? Freaked out at the time, but tonight, Mother Daniil so Miller... She's already about 500 pounds. Really? Is she... <gasps> is, she is she keeping her baby? Let me see. Let's look at the... Uh... She's like... Okay, that's the friend. Mm, she's like, I don't think so. She's not pregnant. A couple minutes later, she's yelling, saying the baby's coming out. So, um... That's when I start kind of... Freaking out, I'm like, what do you mean? Freaked out at the time, but tonight, Mother Daniil Miller and baby Austin Lattisaw are both fine. Austin will likely be a perfectly happy, normal baby. Uh, Most mother mothers have McDonald's. months to prepare for a child. <laughs> Daniil had just minutes. I was more in shock that I couldn't talk. Hey. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was shaking the whole time. I think I stopped shaking. Three o'clock in the morning. My sister stayed the night with me. It was a happy ending that wound up with congratulations from the 911 dispatcher who had wrapped up what had been a very eventful night. All right, Janae, good job. Are you an employee there? Yeah, well done. Yes, I'm 16. Okay. You're going to have a good story to tell when you go home tonight. Good job. Good job. Yeah, good job. You're There's an example to other children. Tape that we can't, uh, You're a role really, model. Uh, Just get the baby out of the because toilet. Because it was... Uh, it was uh, Pretty intense there for a while. I should tell you the baby uh, has weighed in. Austin at 6.6 .6 pounds. He's in the uh, neonatal the unit toilet. there. He's been there for the last week. For uh, all indications we get, he will be just fine. He's a beautiful baby. We saw him speaking about 45 minutes ago, and everybody here. Uh, it's, a, it's a good story with a happy ending here, Kelly. Yes, in, in, uh, live in Vancouver tonight, Southwest Washington Medical Center, Core Harlan, Coin News Six. Who could be happier about a 16-year-old yeah. pregnant girl working at McDonald's? I was having a baby. Just say, there's no happier ending than being born to a teenage mother who forgets to take you out of the toilet. That's America. I'm sure the lack of vitamins and nutrition is going to be really good for that sure. baby. Have a great life, kid. All right. Take the baby out of the toilet. Mm. It's almost hard to believe that she couldn't grasp that she was pregnant. Jesus. Why would the baby be in the toilet? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't mean to sit and dwell on this, but I know that somebody out there is saying, well, it's because she was sitting on the toilet. Okay, first of all, if she felt sick, I'm assuming that means she felt nauseated. 
right? Right. Um, so you would be, uh, you know, I'm trying to be gross, but I mean, if you're nauseated, you're sort of whatever. You're needing so you can throw up. I do believe they clean those restrooms on a, on a regular schedule, though. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, so if you are feeling yeah, nauseated, like toilets, it's, yeah. it's, you're not sitting on the toilet. You're looking so you can, like, you know, if you have to throw up. She's sitting on the toilet. Maybe if, if it's some sort of you feel like you have intestinal distress. But you would realize, I would think, that a baby was coming out. You know, that's not the sort of thing that just kind of goes out like that, to the best of my knowledge. And yet, I mean, why? Is there not a sink? I mean, I mean, is there no? All right. Well, whatever. Well, we can go take a look at that bathroom. I'm sure it's going to become a tourist attraction for the other young girls. <laughs> well, uh -oh. well, the story does have a happy ending. It does. What could be happier? She is a role model for other impressionable youth. Jesus. Uh, all right. Um. Anyway, yeah, let's see. Let's uh, do. We have one more about this here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. God, is there a way we can secede the stupid people out of this country? No, we've tried. We've seen many Christmas. I think we tried that in 1863, and it didn't work then either. Why is the news publishing this, thinking it's some great, grand, fabulous story? Now, there's nothing happier than a teenage mother having a child that she puts in the toilet. There's yeah. we've, we've already made Britney a role model. We need some new ones. <laughs> really, I was, they're just following the example of Jamie Lynn. I blame uh, Nickelodeon for this. I bring, uh, blame Bill Clinton for this. <laughs> I wonder if they had to uh, wipe off that, the, blue, the blue dye from those little, uh, you know, those little things they have in the toilets. What? Oh, the blue water. No, they probably, yeah, they don't, no. I would imagine they don't spring for that in Vancouver. No, probably not. Yeah. All, All right. right. Thank Best you. Ever. This email says, Rick, I work with at-risk kids. That news story is what I call job security. Yes. Ah. Well, there you go. I love working here. I really do. <laughs> you don't have to work very hard. This stuff no. comes to you. I've never had to put in less effort for more material than any place I've ever worked in my life. Oh, what a great market. The, the news really does just present itself on a daily basis here. Wow. They don't right. have to be national stories. They all just happen to be right around where we live. Right. Within yeah. spitting distance. Uh, all right. Well, we should probably take a break. Uh, don't forget, uh, later on, we will announce the Glorious Bastard of the Year. So be listening for that. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, also to the uh, top five Geek Watch deal to come, Religious Nutcase Watch, Taser Watch, uh, all of that on the way. And uh, we may or may not be giving away a copy of Kissology Volume 3 later in the show as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show back with Jim Riley after this. It's 503 733 2970. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. The word Emerson Show. 503-733-2970. Uh, let's see. A couple of news stories here. Peter Carlin, by the way, coming up later on. Top five, Taser Watch, all that. Um, why do I, Tim, why do I know the name Isai Morales? He's an actor, but I can't remember in what he starred. Uh, Stand and Deliver, he was That's right. Richie Valens' brother. 
He oh. was in a lot of movies during that period of time. Wait, he was he was Richie Valens' brother in Stand and Deliver or in La Bamba? Uh, La Bamba, I'm sorry. Was he also in Stand and Deliver? He may have been. All right. Here was um, your standard recruit Latin actor in the, within a certain period of time. He was the go-to Latin man. Yes. Um, what was his name? Esai Morales. E-S-A-I. Esai uh, Morales. M-O-R-A-L-E-S. I got the weirdest press release. Oh, yeah. He's... I recognize him from a lot of things. He's good looking. Yeah, well, he's also been accused of rape. So, <gasps> oh. there you go. Um, I just got the weirdest PR. It's like, um, Issa Morales' former girlfriend to speak regarding rape accusation. Why did they send this to me? And then it's like contact info, and it's all like Beverly, the law firm of Eisner and Frank, Beverly Hills, California. Um, according to the law firm of Eisner and Frank, Elizabeth Mazachi intends to inform the public of previously undisclosed information concerning Isai Morales' alleged past acts of rape and sexual misconduct over the last 22 years. 22 years? Jeez, he was on NYPD Blue for 53 episodes. She was or he was? He was. On the advice of counsel, she will not be taking questions at this time. But they want us all to go to the press conference anyway. Oh, it's today. Oh, it was two hours ago. Well, never mind. Anyway, so there you go. I don't know why they sent this to me. What, if you would rather not receive future email messages from Ballantine PR, click here. No, I'll, I'll stay on that list. Also, did anybody see these um, pictures of Miley Cyrus over the weekend? Who? Hannah Montana. What the alleged... What, like, the weird sleepover uh, lip yeah, lock that are photos? Trying to, yeah, lip lock. No, they weren't kissing. Isn't there one where they're kissing? No, they're like both holding on to like a piece of like licorice or something. They aren't even close. It isn't even scandalous. People are Here's bored. the thing is, I didn't really look at them all that closely because I, because it made me feel really bizarre. Like I was, I mean, there's nothing improper in the photos. I just sort of, like I saw the headline about, let's see, it says, Miley Cyrus says, scandal, Miley Cyrus just sounds like some sort of a made-up Willy Wonka name. Says, scandalous photos of her scuffling on a hotel room floor and sharing candy with one of her girlfriends or just girls having fun at a sleepover. The pictures hit the internet this week and sparked controversy over whether they were appropriate or not. So I haven't really seen them because I was reading, it was a TMZ or something, but they didn't have the photos themselves. It was like a click here to look. And I clicked, because I think it was figure a news story, and then it opened. And then as the page was opening, I realized that this was a bunch of pictures of 15-year-old girls at a sleepover. And I sort of thought better of it immediately. And I thought... I don't want to watch these. Yeah, I... People are just obsessed with that girl. But, I mean, so the photos are nothing, it's nothing no, weird? No, absolutely not. I've, no, there's right. nothing well, wrong with never that. Never mind. Excellent. All right. I just, yeah, as I was opening the link, I thought, I wonder if anybody in human resources is watching me open pictures of 15-year-old girls at sleepovers. Here's Tim Riley. So let's go back to Washington for another heartwarming story. Uh, We're heading a little bit north. Uh, this one happened when a McDonald's girl reaches, say, 25 years old, perhaps. And it comes to us in Bremerton. A 25-year-old woman has been arrested for investigation of second-degree assault after getting into an argument with her boyfriend over whether his dog should be in the bathroom while the two take a shower together. The 26-year-old man wanted his dog to join them in the bathroom, but the woman objected. She told him if the dog wouldn't stay out, she didn't want to be his gal anymore. He replied, well, maybe his next girlfriend would appreciate the dog more, and called her a name. Then the woman punched him in the face several times, and the man dislocated his shoulder while the naked couple (laughs) wrestled. He told police his girlfriend threw a picture frame, which broke and cut him. The woman, no names are mentioned here at all. Damn it, because that is exactly my sister's Mm -hmm. age, and I probably know them. Mm -hmm. She's (laughs) in the Kitsap County Jail in Port Orchard. Uh, Bail is set at $50,000, no word on the dog. They have a a dog graphic there. uh, The dog is in silhouette, though, like he's a a congressional witness. Uh Check that out. The dog is totally backlit. And his voice would be modulated, too. Well, I 
You heard them scuffling in the shower. Um, Jesus, why are their names not mentioned? I'm afraid to take a bite out of crime. <laughs> the, uh, do, you, do you all do this, too? When you see a news story happening in your hometown, you immediately hope that it's somebody you know. Oh, I'm, I'm looking right now. Yeah. There was a horrible story. I never story. read anything good. I just read about politicians. Did you uh, see that awful story from Kennewick, Washington, the other day? Oh, yeah. A terrible story. I mean, really legitimately terrible. Classy places. Yeah, but I mean, and I was... The graphic of a sick figure lying in blood. <laughs> yes. It was a horrible story, but even as the story was horrible, I was kind of hoping that I knew one of the participants, which is which is messed up when you think about it. You know what? From our past research, we know that um, websites list all of the inmates in jails. That is true. Yes. So maybe you should look. I'm nope. totally going to the kids' up. There was that awful story from Kennewick where that like girl was on the phone with her friend, and then I guess somebody came in and killed the friend while they were having the phone. Mm -hmm. So she's like, and then I just heard a weird wheezing noise, and it was like because somebody had come in and like cut the girl's head off or something, but it was in Kennewick. So while I'm being horrified by the story, I am, I'm looking, scanning through, going, please let it be somebody I know, which I realize is a terrible thing, but I think it's human nature. <laughs> All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, so uh, 2007 wasn't a very good year for Katie Couric, as she puts the wraps on her first <laughs> calendar year as anchor of the CBS Morning has News. Has it only been one year? She has lost more than 1.1 million viewers. Congratulations. Yes, 1.1 million viewers have tuned her out. Now... That's as if 100% of the households in Los Angeles had watched you last year and didn't come back at all. God. Uh, this compares to a 164,000 viewer loss of Brian Williams at uh, NBC and a 38,000 viewer gain. That's all they got. So this is the growth for network news. They got 38,000 more viewers for ABC Evening News. I was going to ask where everybody had gone, but they've just gone to something that's not news. Uh, Katie Couric's uh, audience has eroded to 6.3 million from 7.44 million last year. So, and they're not coming back. So I was, yeah. So, it, but it's not like they all went to Fox. They just have stopped watching the news altogether. Yeah. I wonder how many people David Lee Roth lost before they fired him. David Lee Roth, remember he had that show. What show? <laughs> <laughs> remember CBS had that idea of putting him on in New York to replace Stern. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, see, everybody's yeah, forgotten about, about it. it. You know, yeah. Try to block it out. I wonder how many uh, listeners Roth lost before they made him walk the plank. Because it does make you wonder, is there some, don't get me wrong, I'm a team player. I And here's why we talk about Katie Couric. Because we are team players, we enjoy working at CBS, and we only want the best for the company. We do. Which is not Katie Couric, uh, as I think the figures will bear out. So I just wonder if there's some magic number at which they just say, look, Katie, about the gig, you're out, all right? It's just and just it just boot her out of there. So, uh, all right. Other radio scuttlebutt happening, but that'll all. Uh, did you get my email about the radio scuttlebutt, Tim? I did. That was incredible. It was very enlightening, wasn't mm -hmm. it? Tim, when did this Bremerton story happen? One moment, please. I'm trying to track it down. I found a 25-year-old. Uh huh. Now I can't find the story. It was just too long ago. It doesn't say. Okay. <laughs> There's no way to know. Oh, it's right here. I'm oh. sorry. Here you go. There. There you go. Oh. All right. Here's Tim Riley. So it's already the new year in Australia. By the way, the new year that we have here is fake. I mean, going up to celebrate at midnight here is stupid and idiotic. It's already New Year's in New York where it really counts. That's now, the real New Year. When you say going out, do you mean going to like a private party or going to a public celebration? I would say a public celebration. It's almost half of the new year. The new year's already here. Do they do it at uh, Pioneer Courthouse Square? Is that the thing? Is that the big uh, public gathering here? At I don't think you're supposed to anymore because kids cause trouble and throw Christmas trees through windows. Hooligans. All right. So uh, it's already the new year in Australia. 
Yeah, I don't think I've ever gone to uh, a, a public New Year's party here. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have. I went to Times Square a couple years ago, which was great. Great in the way well, that, that you... Is the, that is America's New Year celebration. It was. It was great in that way that, like, you're glad you did it, but you never want to do it again. I mean, and we had the easy... I've told this story before, but we had the easy... Oh, you, you couldn't go to the bathroom if you wanted to. Uh, but see, not for us. See, with, let me just tell you this, because in case... I, I think seeing New Year's... Have you seen New Year's in Times Square ever? No. Sarah? No. It's one of those things you should do once. Yeah. It I, is, you did with, the, yeah. with Laura that one it year. Is, right? Yeah, it is a thing in 2003 becoming 2004. Uh, so December 31st, 2003, we did that. It is one of the things that you should do once, but if anybody out there is interested in going to see the Times Square New Year's, here is how you have to do it. Do not uh, be one of those idiots that lines up at 8 a.m. and has to wait there all day with no toilet and not able to bring in water. You can't bring in water or food, and there's nowhere to pee. So I don't know how those people do it. It's just it's agony. So do what we did. Which is, we went there and we stayed in a dirt hole hotel for like the first five or six days. Which we, is like $600 a night probably. Yeah, but I mean, we stayed at a place that was relatively very cheap. It yeah. was, you know, way off of Times Square. And then we saved enough money so that New Year's Eve we could stay at the Crown Plaza, oh. which is right in Times Square, right next to the MTV building. Uh, and we just we just really saved our money. So on Times uh, New Year's Eve, we stayed at a hotel in Times Square. And then the deal is, if you stay, I, don't, I can't speak for the other hotels, but if you stay at the Crown Plaza... Um, on New Year's Eve, first of all, you can look out your window and you can see straight down to all the huge crowd. You can look over to your right and see the MTV building and, and everything. And at about 10 minutes to midnight, the hotel will escort you down through the lobby out onto a street section that they to a special section of the crowd that they have roped off themselves. Oh, I like that. There is a special roped off section right in front of the hotel. So you basically get to walk out into like a little bubble uh, that is right in the middle of the crowd. You see the ball drop. Ha-ha! You know, you noisemaker and you kiss, and then uh, and then you walk right back inside and you're up in your hotel room in five minutes. That's awesome. That's the only way to do it. And again, it's not like I made a money, but we just we just stayed in a terrible hotel for the first few days and then stayed at the Crown Plaza on New Year's. That's the only way I would ever do it. I would never... I, it has got to be just a living hell to be one of those people standing out there for 16 hours. I mean, I just don't know how there aren't riots every year. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. So, there you go. Well, my uh, Some of my memories of New Year's Eve in Los Angeles... Where you're living, you can hear the plink, 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 plink of shotgun shells hitting the roof of where you're living. (laughs) Rednecks firing their guns into the air. So in Detroit, they have that same problem. But this year, they have a campaign that's called Hugs Not Bullets. (laughs) That doesn't even rhyme. No, I know. So here we go with Hugs Not Bullets. But I also want to make sure that our children, as they go into the New Year's, don't have to hit the floor to dodge bullets. Because adults are doing irresponsible things. That sounds like a fun place to celebrate. Hugs, not bullets. Hugs, not bullets is going on in Detroit this New Year's Eve. All right. You'd think at some point, I mean, don't you expect at some point just to, to, to turn on the news and there is no Detroit left anymore? There's just some sort of a smoking uh, husk there and the entire city has somehow just gone up all at once? I mean, it's like it really—it's like flying a plane full of bullets. You just expect at some point to hit a hit a pothole and the whole thing just explodes. The right. New Yorker says seeing the ball drop only makes sense. How would it not? It's an institution. I figure, how long can I live here without you know actually coming to see it? So you're here. You're so close to it. You know, all year long, you might as well come down once. It's like the most useless story of the day for a thousand. Well, it's the same one as the last year and the year before. There's an out-of-towner who came to New York to watch the ball drop. I've never been here before. I've only seen it on television, so I'm looking forward to seeing the ball drop. So I'm looking excited. 
This other person is looking forward to seeing the ball drop also. It's just one time that I saw it on the TV, and I see there's all the crowds, and that's why I just wanted to come. Wow. <laughs> These are ball drop interviews. Does she like to watch balls drop, Tim? I guess she does like ball watch balls drop. <laughs> oh, Tim, ex- I expected more from you. <laughs> Into it, Tim. <laughs> Don't get sucked into the balls dropping. Um, I will say this: the the actual, you know, the ball dropping and lighting up or whatever. That's it's one of those things that you that actual moment seems like it ought to be a lot more interesting than it is. Like it happens and you kind of go, "Hooray!" Is that it? Damn. What's really cool though? Uh, again, this is a thing that you really have to stay at a hotel there to see. What's really great is that even the next day, like at 10 a.m., and we were up on like maybe the 30th floor, um, you look out at 10 a.m. the next day, and there's still big pieces of confetti floating in the air outside your hotel room window. I mean, the air is still full of confetti that just gets caught in those big updrafts, and it just circulates for hours and hours and hours. It's really cool. Uh, here's the fireworks guy. This year we're doing uh, some new things with uh, waving effects or motion effects along with um, color morphing effects. Little, you know, color morph from red to green to purple and so on. Uh, the last 15, 20 seconds will be uh, variegated, which will be multicolor. It's going to be a great big finale. So if you're watching at 9 o'clock on CNN with Anderson Cooper, you're all done at 9.05. Oh, speaking of that, uh, speaking of Anderson Cooper, wait, hold on. I always watch that on uh, New Year's Eve. Hold on. I, I consider that the real New Year's celebration. Anderson Cooper. Um... Uh, this just in, uh, Richard Cheese will be singing to Anderson Cooper live from Las Vegas in front of the Excalibur Hotel on the Strip. Watch between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. West Coast time. Uh, that is 11 to midnight, obviously, East Coast time. Um, blah, 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 blah. He's putting uh, Anderson Cooper's name on his rental car contract. You know, the thing is, even as I read that story, I anticipated a comment like that. Even as I was reading it, in my head I was counting down. There was a little timer counting down to that. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How are hey, you today? what's up? Well, I just I was listening to that story, story earlier about giving birth into a toilet. <laughs> what? That's the way of Vancouver. It really is. It's proper. It's proper. Proper Memphis. That's, yes. But I was, I was like, and I was thinking about all the zombie things you've been talking about. I was like, I think the zombies are starting their approach. It's just, it's not going to be like a disease or something from space. It's just going to be the just continual inbreeding and retardation of people. <laughs> So you think that they're all going to? It's just going to be a stupid virus coming from Vancouver. This is everywhere. You heard the stories. People were getting hit by just raining bullets for New Year. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And eventually, only the dumb will remain, and they will overrun the rest of us. Sort of an idiocracy virus. It's, it's literally that. And it doesn't even require a fence. It's just uh, it's just separated by the Columbia River. <laughs> it's so true. Yes, I think you're onto something, sir. And I, I got one more question for you. Yeah. You're a fan of Phil Hartman. I am. Okay, uh, did you ever watch a show, I think it was back on, the, well, it was in the 90s, News Radio? Uh, you know, I actually watched News Radio sporadically, but I never really watched it as much as I should have. It was a, it was a very, it's a, it was a very good show. The only, only problem was Andy Dick was in it. But. Yeah, well. yeah, I like that show a lot. Is that the only actual acting that Andy Dick has ever done? I don't know. You, you Wasn't he on the over stage? I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, because I heard him on Donna Mike a while back, and he was saying, he was lamenting that everybody thinks of him as a stand-up comic. And they said, well, what do you think of it? He said, well, I'm an actor. And I thought, well, what has Andy Dick been in? I he mean, was in a road trip, too. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. With Tom Green? Let's see. I don't remember that at all. And the Stifler guy? I don't remember that at all. All right. Excellent. Uh, yes? Only thing he did in the show was be stupid and fall down. Well, well that's kind of his. That's an American sitcom. That is his, that, that, that one. That is his late motif, sir. 
was, it was a very good show. All right, I will check it out. One of these days, I do have to watch it, so I'll get it on DVD. It's all on DVD. All right, thank you. Bye. He Bye. wasn't on the all state right. with him. He was on the Ben Stiller show for a while. Oh, the Ben Stiller show, that kind of only ran for like five episodes anyway. So. He's in Reality Bites. Andy Dick? Wasn't he like a video store clerk or something? I can't remember. I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen that film. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, a Roseburg man had some bad luck in his choice of stolen vehicles. Apparently, Ernesto Potts took a pickup truck from a Chevy lot in Roseburg, but had to switch vehicles when a tire blew. Well, Potts had allegedly took a Subaru Legacy from a driveway. He then uh, drove that car for about 15 minutes before the engine overheated, causing it to catch fire. Well, apparently, Jeff Herbert of Cottage Grove spotted the blaze and called for help. As Herbert rushed over with a fire extinguisher, the suspect stole his Dodge pickup. He just jumped in, and I had my back to them. Genius. But the suspect didn't get very far. Spike strips placed by investigating officers punctured two tires. The pickup slid into a ditch. Ponce was taken away to the Douglas County Jail. Excellent. Anybody remember Chelsea Clinton? Well, she doesn't talk very much to the press at all. Even if a reporter just happens to be an enterprising nine-year-old... With pen and pad in hand, fourth grader Sidney Rykoff, a kid reporter with Scholastic News, attempted to ask the 27-year-old Chelsea Clinton a question when Chelsea stunned the young reporter by her answer. Not really much. She just said she really couldn't talk to the press, but she was extremely nice. She said, I'm sorry, I don't talk to the press. I don't, and that applies to you, unfortunately, even though you're cute. I don't, I don't understand. The four-year-old is a member of the press? Yes. Well, everybody's going to blog these days. <laughs> I suppose. Okay, fair enough. Uh, John Edwards says it's a complete fantasy to think that Bill Clinton will not play a major role when Hillary becomes president. Oh, if Hillary becomes president. But the former North Carolina senator tells Face the Nation the former president spends a lot of time on the campaign trail talking about issues important to him and not so much of issues important to his campaigning wife. Well, I think it's a complete fantasy. Uh, you watch President Clinton out on the, and I like President Clinton very much, but you watch him out on the, the campaign trail, and uh, he spends an awful lot of time talking about his views and, and not as much time talking about Senator Clinton's. All right. Well, that's a guy you're not going to have to worry about in a few months anyway. So Here's another one. Fred Thompson is defending his recent statement that he is, quote, not particularly interested I, in running for I president. Just... Saw that. Hold on. I'm concerned with the notion of what's going to happen to my kids, my grandkids, and my country. And that that's why I was running for president. Fog, Foghorn Lakehorn. <laughs> he says he's not very serious about running for president. I'm in the middle of a 50-town tour in the uh -huh. state of Iowa, working day and night. I okay. think that pretty much speaks for itself. Yeah, right here. This is in from, a whole sentence. From the AP. Fred Thompson acknowledged he's not especially fond of running for president, but still thinks he'd be a good choice. He said, I am not consumed by personal ambition. I will not be devastated if I don't do it. I'm not particularly interested in running for president. Others have convinced me to run. So, there you go. Boy, that's a guy. You know what he's doing right there? He already sees that he's going to win nothing. And so he's just uh, managing expectations, as they say. He already knows he's going to get a whole lot of bupkis right there. All right. Well, today is the sixth day of Kwanzaa. Of course. Once again, we have A.O. Kendi Hendy. <laughs> Spokeswoman for Kwanzaa, who said the principle uh, for today is uh, a gift about creativity. The sixth principle is Kaumba for creativity, to do always as much as we can in the way we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than when we inherited it. That's a bunch of bull. There's one day left for Kwanzaa. Tomorrow <laughs> is a celebration of faith. Now what is the name for that? 
It doesn't say yet. we have to find out tomorrow. Oh, we're not going to be here. Is this sort of well, like a oh, yeah. find out about the last day of Kwanzaa? So is this like we'll a leave that to you. is this like a Kwanzaa advent calendar where every it's day a we Kwanzaa cliffhanger? <laughs> every <laughs> say with a K. Yes, it is. It's a cliffhanger. Uh, it's like every day we open up a little panel and there's like a chocolate. Uh, I don't know. There's a chocolate Kwanzaa thing inside. Yeah, chocolate Kwanzaa. I don't even know what a Kwanzaa decoration would be. I haven't seen them any, anywhere. No. You, They're oh, not available at Fred Meyer. Well, you remember there was that one year that, like, you could actually buy Kwanzaa cards. Now I want to make everything with a K on the front of it. A Kwanzaa I card. I think you still buy Kwanzaa cards. Really? Yeah. All right. Hold on. i got to look it up right now. I'm going to Wikipedia Kwanzaa cards. And uh, I am going to, for once and for all, I am going to see if there are Kwanzaa carols. Hold on. Kwanzaa carols. All right, let's see here. Um, Kwanzaa carols with a K. Everything, why do all these things have Ks? Kwanzaa carols and cards. Mm -hmm. uh, Kwanzaa. Let's see. Kwanzaa is a week-long festival celebrated in the United States honoring African-American heritage. It oh, is, so it's only a U.S. holiday? I, I believe it's so. Export? It consists of seven days of celebration featuring pouring of libations. Really? That sounds like a festivist thing. And it feats does. of strength. And culminating in a feast of giving, or I'm sorry, culminating in a feast of and gift giving. It was created by Dr. Ron Carenda uh, okay? yeah, in 1967. That hasn't been around that long. No, it's not a real holiday. Uh, let's see here. I mean, I guess it's no more. Uh, here's the thing. I guess it's no more fabricated than any of the other holidays. I suppose they're all sort of made up when you mm -hmm. think about it. But I think, don't you think it, it has to be some sort of a... I don't know. It has to pass the century mark, I would think, for it to like to really be canonized with a K in America. Uh, let's see here. Um, the let's okay. So Kwanzaa itself is apparently kind of a made-up word because it's only supposed to have it has two A's on the end. Yeah, but see, but it it doesn't. It only has Kwanzaa. one. They added Kwanzaa. They uh, they added a second A so that it would have seven letters because of the seven days of Kwanzaa. Why did they decide on seven? Is that because it has How the three Hanukkah? The seven days of Kwanzaa. La, 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 la. That can be Dr. Elmo's new song. Um, uh, Hanukkah has eight. See, wouldn't you say, wouldn't you go for like 13 if you were Kwanzaa, try to one-up all the other holidays? So then they'd have to have an extra A, so it'd be Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Uh, I would immediately go for 13 days just to try to beat all... You know, it's like when it... You know what it is? It's like how when they built the Chrysler building, you know, it was the tallest, mm -hmm. but then, like, they built the Empire State Building, and then when they built the Sears Tower, they added that huge antenna to make it the tallest building in the world. I would make Kwanzaa 13 days of celebration, so it immediately outstrips all the other holidays. Um, during the early years of Kwanzaa, Dr. Karenka said that it was meant to be an alternative to Christmas, and that, quote... It really caught on, didn't it? And that Jesus was psychotic, end quote. And that Christianity was a white religion that blacks should sh uh, shun. Um, let's see oh, here. So that's what we're celebrating here. Well, I, I guess we're... I guess so the shunning of the white man. Or of Christians. Or of somebody. I don't know. We're supposed to shun somebody. Um, well, that's what religion's all about. In Los Angeles, California... Let's see here. The first Kwanzaa stamp was issued by the United States Postal Service at the National uh, Natural History Museum in Los Angeles, California. Um, in 2004, a second Kwanzaa stamp, created by da artist Daniel Minter, was issued, which is seven figures in colorful robes symbolizing the seven principles. All right, let's, so let's see here. We get the um, this Kwanzaa stamp actually is kind of cool looking. Uh, let's see the the final. So today is what Kumba Kumba. 
Kumbaya. Oh, maybe that's what the K stands for. I think. Every, every one of these days has something to do with one of the letters in there. I want to know what I'm oh, talking about. Kumba. Kumba. K-U-U, because everything has to have uh, two letters. M-B-A. That is Kumba. creativity. Uh, all right, tomorrow, faith or imani. To believe with all, uh, all of our heart in our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and the righteousness and victory of our struggle. They're just making this up as they go along. I believe that is the case, yes. Would you like to know, Tim, that in uh, 2004, President George W. Bush gave a presidential Kwanzaa message? <laughs> oh, what I wouldn't give to hear that. Oh, let me see. Where might that find be found? Oh, man. Kwanzaa message. <laughs> Didn't that sound like an onion thing? <laughs> and now a message. Hello. As you know, today we celebrate Kwanzaa. Um, all right. How many, let me ask you this, Tim. What... Um, what percentage of Americans would you say celebrate Kwanzaa? Seven. <laughs> no. What are you, high? No. No? No, scale it down. Oh, you're kidding me. I thought I was underscoring. What percentage of Americans would you say celebrate Kwanzaa? Three. No. No? The, the judges will accept 1.6. 1. 1.6 1. 6, uh, percent of Americans celebrate Kwanzaa. A street in the Couve, 1.6 percent of the population. Hold on, let me see here. All right, here we go. Now, there's no audio, but I have the text of George Bush's Kwanzaa message. He says, uh, this is from uh, 2004. I send, I wish I could do a George W. Bush. I send greetings to those observing Kwanzaa. During Kwanzaa, millions of African Americans and people of African descent gather to celebrate. It's not millions. You said it's one point. It's one. <laughs> well, he, he can't be expected to know these things. He was told there would be no math. Here's if I can just put forward a slice of what do you call it science, and I know that the the Bush administration and vast sections of this country are opposed to science because it's a tool of the devil. Uh, but really, there'll be a free rise on TriMet to celebrate Kwanzaa tonight. <laughs> the really the phrase African Americans and people of African descent bugs me not because it's uh, not because it's like some weird PC thing, but just because it's scientific. Look, everyone is of African descent. Everybody, everywhere. Yes. Everyone on earth is of African descent. For the love of sweet Jesus. I mean, really, honestly speaking, if you really want to be, you know, scientific and, what do you call it, accurate, everyone here in this country is an African American. Right. Everyone is from Africa. Then they started moving north to live in places where there was food. <sighs> yes. And then they came over the uh, Bering Land Bridge. And now they're here. Everyone is of African descent. Anyway, um, people of African descent, presumably all of us, gather to celebrate their heritage and ancestry. Kwanzaa celebrations provide an opportunity to focus on the importance of family, communism, I'm sorry, community, that was a mistake, and history, and to reflect the, I cannot imagine George Bush saying this, and to reflect on the Nguzo Zaba, or seven principles of African culture. Do you suppose they just make these words up like those, those city names in Washington State? Uh, George Bush can't even, he can't pronounce like English words of one syllable. He can't say nuclear, and we've all had about 60 years practice on that one. Mm -hmm. To reflect on the Nguzo Sabah, or seven principles of African culture. These, If I was a zany, zoo, wacky morning show, we would, uh, we would just call an African nation at random and attempt to quiz uh, one of its citizens about the seven principles of Kwanzaa. Not all of them have phones. The, that is true. These principles emphasize unity, self-determination, collective work, responsibility. Da -da 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 -da. Kwanzaa, according to George W. Bush, strengthens the ties that bind communities across America and around the world and reflects the great promise and diversity of America. It and does not. Laura joins me in sending our best wishes for a joyous Kwanzaa. Well, there you go.
I'm sure that's made everybody uh, that's made everybody feel better about the vast social inequality they face here in America. What really matters is that George Bush has sent you, along with Laura, a Kwanzaa greeting. Okay. Here's Tim Riley. A 19-year-old woman has become stuck in a chimney. But no, she wasn't playing Santa Claus. <laughs> this happened in uh, Maryland. Here's the 911 bizarre call. We just received a 911 call that there was someone stuck in the chimney. It took two hours to get the young woman out of the chimney. We proceeded very slowly so that we could uh, remove her without any uh, more injury. So this is the chimney of a tire store. Her father, who just happens to own the tire store, says he's not buying his daughter's excuse that she's just trying to recover her keys and purse that get locked inside. She refuses to answer any more questions. It took two hours to get the woman out of the store's chimney. Really? Yes, right. really. Was that in Vancouver? No, that was in uh, Maryland. Okay, all right. It was in, it was in Vancouver. Well, a report of a mysterious object found aboard a Max train had to have the bomb squad called out. This happened at Hatfield Station. According to reports, a conductor discovered a suspicious object under a seat and called in the bomb squad. It turned out to be cans of shaving cream taped together. There was no dangerous material inside. Uh, let's see oh, here. Uh, by the way, you're listening to KCMD Portland, in case you were curious. A warning has been issued to the general public that some recently purchased cockatiels Another pet birds may cause a health hazard for people who are exposed to them. A Washington State Department of Health says that some birds shipped by a national wholesale bird distributor tested positive for avian... Oh, my gosh, I can't pronounce this name. Well, it's an avian disease. It, well, it starts with a C-H and ends with an S. Health officials say about 20 pet smart stores in 11 counties in the state have received birds from this bird vendor. The pet food store has voluntarily removed all the birds supplied by the vendor and is treating its sick and exposed birds with antibiotics. The bacterium can be uh, passed from birds to people when dust from dried bird droppings are inhaled. All right. I'm glad the birds... Uh, these, young, uh, these young girls work at McDonald's inhaling uh, dried bird droppings. I'm glad the birds have health care. Oh, that's true, too. Uh, by the way, somebody sent me this because we were talking about... I think for Halloween, by the way, I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with, no, I get that wouldn't work, because it's Miley Cyrus. Is it Miley, Riley Cyrus? Miley, what is her name? Why can't My, I say it? Miley. Oh, so I can't go as Tim Riley Cyrus. Oh. All right, I could go as Tim Rilo <laughs> Kylie. That doesn't really work. What? I don't know. I'm trying to think of one of those blended celebrities. I thought her name was Riley Cyrus. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's Tripper. Isn't it Miley? I don't know what I don't even know. All I know about is this. Did you see this? There's a, a mother who helped her daughter fake an essay about her father dying in Iraq to win Hannah Montana concert tickets has denied trying to fool anyone. We never said it was a true story. It was just an essay. We do essays all the time, said Priscilla Sabalos. I never lied and said the essay was a true story. Sabalos' daughter, six-year-old Alexis, beat out 1,000 other girls to win concert tickets to Hannah Montana. Her essay began with the line, My daddy died this year in Iraq. That is awful. They weren't trying to fool anybody, though. No. The letter went on to say that the girl would, quote, give mommy the angel pendant that daddy put on mommy when she was having me, end quote. Because mommy needed a new pair of shoes. <laughs> they insist they were not trying to fool anybody, and they were surprised that the issue became a controversy. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. A 43-year-old man has been injured after nearly two tons of wood and trim molding fell on top of him. The unidentified employee of wood grain distribution of Titusville, Florida, uh, was injured when a large quantity of trim molding crashed down on him. 
Workers estimate the wood weighed about 4,000 pounds. The man was trapped for a brief time under the wood while co-workers removed most of it. The worker complained of numbness to his legs, abdominal pain, and shoulder pain. The man was airlifted to a nearby hospital. Uh, should women submit to their husbands? Yes, says a candidate, Mike Huckabee, a Republican relying on support from religious conservatives. Uh, let's see here. He says uh, in a television interview, he's the ordained Southern Baptist minister and former Arkansas governor. Makes no apologies for the 1998 comment made at the Southern Baptist Convention in Salt Lake City. Why are Southern Baptists meeting in Salt Lake City? I don't know. In a speech made to a Christian gathering, he said it was appropriate uh, for Southern Baptists. He gave the speech the same year he endorsed the uh, the Baptist Convention statement and beliefs on marriage that a wife is to submit gracefully to the servant of her husband. And even, take off my shoes. Even though the church willingly submits to the hardship of Christ, whatever that means. The former governor who relied on Christian evangelicals to help him make a surprise horse in Iowa has put his faith front and center in the campaign. So we'll see if that that, that works. For but him. and that was a, he also made that statement that he reasserted the other day that we quote need to take back this nation for Christ. So you know put that on your list of things to do. Uh, oh, by the way, Tim, I did want to read this. We had um, I had several people email me and say that they wanted to wish McGee a happy birthday. Oh, thank you. And that they found his picture absolutely charming, as did I, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, a picture taken with his your little sister. Yes, uh, so you go to Tim Riley Live, is that it? Or yeah, Riley uh, Live. Live. I'm sorry, RileyLive.com. Go to RileyLive.com. Go down to the Christmas poster. And you can see a posting of Tim's dog, McGee, who, now does he celebrate his birthday with that of our Lord and Savior? He does. So born on Christmas. So he you was go, born in the manger in Lapine. Go, <laughs> go to uh, by an unidentified Lord. father. Yes. Uh, you go to RileyLive.com, you can see a picture of Tim's dog, McGee, celebrating. Is, is that his younger sister? That's his younger sister, Megan. Megan and McGee. Yes. Did they solve crimes in their spare time they on Nickelodeon? Mm-hmm. All right. So that is a pretty fantastic photograph, by the way. Okay, Megan is the cutest thing ever. That's, uh, that's her right back from the groomer. But I think, uh, I think that McGee has a certain um, stately dignity. He does. Pose. He looks like one of those lawn ornaments, really. He does. He doesn't even look... He looks... It looks, uh, and uh, this is a compliment, he actually looks uh, so uh, perfectly poised and posed there mm-hmm. that it looks like he ought to be on, like, this is one of those um, starter pictures that comes in the frame when you buy it at Payless. They were promised snacks if they cooperated. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, they were. Excellent. Just this little snippet of your life, all I can see, like, I can see the glass tubes with the ornaments in them. Like, your house uh-huh. is so much classier than anything that Rick and I could floor. ever dream. Yeah. yeah. Look at that, like, paneled wood floor and the yeah. glasses of beautiful ornaments. And dogs immaculately groomed. Meanwhile, my house, you know, the Max is dragging one of my many Kraft macaroni boxes around the linoleum. <laughs> totally. Well, that's uh, vomiting blueberries on the rug. <laughs> that's that's four square inches of my life. <laughs> so there you go. I no. got on my counter and ate an entire bowl of cereal the other day. Well, well done. What kind of cereal? Um, mini wheats. Oh. And um, yeah, and so just from this like tiny little snapshot, both literally and figuratively, of Tim's life, Sarah and I can already extrapolate out that you're much more uh, grown up and mature and successful than all the rest of us put together. No, I'm just a clean freak. I'm just saying. Everything has to be spotless. Uh, all right, uh, what do we got here? Um, all right, uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Merry New Year to everybody. Happy Kwanzaa. Yes, hello, sir. This, this is Brian out on the route in the Grove delivering the people's mail yes. to, to the world. Uh, Are you delivering mail today or just just not tomorrow? Just correct. Tomorrow is nothing but uh, overnight express mail. So if you're expecting some package from somebody, you might get it tomorrow. But otherwise, forget about it. So, okay. and, Tim, and Tim, you have that long walk to your mailbox this afternoon, and I'm sorry. 
Anyways, a couple of things. First of all, thanks, you guys, for just entertaining the hell out of me all year long. As people have been, I don't mean to buff your Buick or anything, but it's been a, it's been a great year. You don't mean to what or what? Buff your Buick as in Oh, I see. Car. All right, got it. It's a okay. little, sorry. All right. Uh, it's, it's what I do. Uh, anyways, and I think the phrase of the year is, is, a, is the baby in the toilet. That's got to be the phrase of the year, don't you think? Get take the baby out of the toilet. Take the baby out of the toilet. I think, and that that kid, what a what a model citizen. And one other thing yes, before sir. I go, yeah, uh, I just wanted to say that I'm going to enjoy a couple of cockatiels tonight for uh, New Year's. So there you go. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Right. Bye. Bye now. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How are you doing today? What's up? Okay, I'd like to thank you for enriching my vocabulary with three phrases from your show. Yes. One was Dennis Pittenbarger talking about patchouli stinking hippies. Love that one. Has somebody, was there like an invisible billboard put up somewhere asking everybody to call in with their favorite phrases from the program? Because that's what all the calls are doing today. Um, well, I guess uh, great minds think alike or simple minds seldom differ. Okay. That would be the six. The other one was le levels and levels of liberal idiocy. I mean, you've got a way Are you talking phrase, about us in just, general? No, no, no. That was a phrase you oh, used. Did I actually say that? When Sean Penn was going to have a speech and Dennis Kucinich was sponsoring it. Ah. Yeah. I don't remember anyway. saying that, but it sounds like something I would say. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just, I just like the way you know your show flows, and it gives me something to think about instead of the same damn music again and again and again. No, 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 sir. Radio. Uh, people are suffering from iPod fatigue. They're coming back to music radio. Uh, well, I'm an old uh, throwback. I don't even have an iPod. All right. Thank you, sir. You. Oh, hey. Yes. Um, what happened to your Florida sounder? Oh, 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 oh damn you. Me. No. Oh, stop. I hit the yeah. Oh. That was all me right there. Because I came, but when I had my bad jet experience landing, and I told you about that, I forgot to mention that I came back from that aforementioned state. So. What state? Florida. That's all me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, you sir. Know, you yeah. can't ask for it like that. It's not it's spontaneous. All over that. All right, oh, here's whatever. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. So if you live in California, you have a few more laws to worry about. Starting tomorrow, motorists face fines of up to $100 in smoking vehicles with children inside. Actually, good for them. F them. So uh, it's a late attempt to uh, shield people from the health risk created from breathing secondhand smoke. All right, let's go around the room here. How do we feel about the smoking ban happening in Portland at the end of... What is this this coming year? I feel like I spend time in non-smoking bars and smoking bars, and if people don't want to go to smoking bars, they shouldn't go to them. I think that it would be nice to have, like, a, a balance of the two. But then again, smoking isn't illegal. They still sell cigarette packs at bars, right. you know. And um, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not too stoked about it, but, you know, what can you do? Tim, how do you feel about the smoking ban that's coming to Portland? Long overdue. You think so? Well, people always complain about new laws. It, it goes back to, I remember many, many years ago, that people complain that, the government is making us wear a seatbelt. Right. How dare they? They're taking away my freedom. So it's one of those oh, little like, things like that it. kind of helps things yeah. along. Right. I mean, I, in California, they banned smoking bars years ago. Yeah, no, in fact. Yeah, and I don't even really mind, honestly, because I've been to like New York and places, and you can't smoke anywhere in Washington. You can just go outside. It's not that hard. No, even you know? when I was uh, even when I was living in California, they had started to ban smoking at bars, and mm -hmm. so you would walk down the street, 
Uh, and you would see, you know, whatever. You would see people congregating outside or whatever. The thing in California, that law about how you can't smoke with your kids in the car, that's long overdue. Because, man, I can't tell you the number. Of, you want to pollute your own lungs, that's fine. But the number of times I see a car where it's like some mobile gas chamber. And, the poor, and of course, the mom has always got the window, like, cracked half an inch. And then the car is just filling up with smoke like an old flash cube. And the kids are in the back just sort of looking out like there's a better life elsewhere, you know, just looking like lab rats just desperately trying to get out of the back of the car. So, excellent. Well, good for them. I'm all, I'm all for that. Then there's a new law on phony music. Now, there's a new law that attempts to ensure that music fans who buy tickets to oldies concerts are not victims of deceptive advertising. This legislation requires performing groups to meet at least one of several standards to be able to use the name of the groups during the record days. For really? instance... The group must include at least one member who has the legal right to use the name. Bands uh, can also avoid lawsuits by acknowledging they are a salute or tribute to the original recording group that had the name so they don't confuse ticket buyers. So this is like you don't go to see the coasters, and it's like three 25-year-old guys right. singing Get a Job. There has to be at least one coaster. Interesting. Well, you know, because the coasters are, I think it's the coasters, that there are different, three different coaster groups touring mm. the country, right? No, none of them with any original members. No. There's like some guy that bought the trademark to, like, the coasters. And so you go see him now, and it's like a bunch of dudes who were born in 1982. Mm -hmm. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, so J.K. Rowling is hinting she may uh, return to the world of Harry Potter. I saw that yesterday, that she's already talking about an eighth Harry Potter novel. Oh, that's a bad horrible. idea. Terrible idea. She has felt the urge to write an eighth novel dealing with the world of wizards, but feels it's important to take some time off. She said, let's give it ten years and see how we feel then. Rowling also said uh, she did have another book uh, dealing with Potter's world. She doubted that Harry would be the central character. Her latest book, Harry Potter and the Deadly Hellos, sold more than Hello. 15 million copies for the first 24 hours of release. And she actually has already finished her first non-Harry Potter novel, which I do believe is a detective novel. It's a, an adult, you know, just a book for grown-ups. Uh, it's some sort of a, a, a detective book that she's already got done. And whatever. So she'll eventually write another one. They always do. It's a, they just raise the dollar amount higher and higher and higher and higher mm. until eventually the, the the figure is so large that they can't say no. Uh, we're going to talk about Tim Riley's exotic Christmas present in just a moment, uh, with which I always say this, and then you always look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't. You sent me the email oh, about it. Oh, okay. Saying, let me, hold on, what was the subject line? No, I remember that. The subject line says, I wish you a Merry Christmas. And it said, I received the best Christmas present I could have asked for. Yes. And every time I've mentioned it, you've looked at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Well, it isn't that. I have several events that happen after that. It's like an isolated incident that okay, good so news might happen in one day. All right. No, fair enough. So it, as of now, it joins many other exciting moments. Right, because time moves on, and every day brings bright and wonderful things. <laughs> that is true. You ought to write consolation cards for Hallmark. Oh, thank you. Time moves on. This too shall pass. Mm -hmm. Sorry about your uncle. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello there. How are we all doing? Hi, we're uh, dandy. Well. I, I wanted to share, uh, my name is Matt. I wanted to share my favorite uh, little thing that I got from this year. Let me just and say on the screen here, uh, on the screen, Richie has identified you as producer Matt, which would be presumably former producer F. Matt Peterson. You are not him. No. Why has he called you Richie? Hold on a second. Let me just... Uh... Before we uh, maybe there's more than one Matt who's a producer. Uh, that is a common name. Entirely possible. We used to work in a building full of Matt's. Like Smith. Hold on, sir. Yes, sir. It's quite uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, good friend uh, Richie Bristol, looking blonder than ever. Hello. Is you your entire wardrobe from Mark Echo? 
Do you own anything that doesn't say Echo on the front no, of it? No, you had his Adidas outfit on last week, oh, remember? Oh, that's true. I got a lot of that. All right. Uh, you have identified this person as being producer Matt. I forgot it wasn't F Matt. But... No, he said video producer Matt. Oh. Who is? Who are you, sir? I'm, I'm Matt. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I, and I produce videos. That's why I get to listen to you guys four hours a day. Oh, I, I see. It. So this is you were simply identifying yourself by a title like delivery driver Dave or mailman Chris. Exactly, and I really didn't mean to complicate the whole show. Well, way to throw a <laughs> monkey wrench into the whole works. Um, all right, what is your what is your observation, sir? Well, one day I was driving, and you guys were talking about this dude from the Philippines who was going to be the next singer for Journey. Yes. And uh, and Tim Riley was kind of only half paying attention as he really? kind of tunes out a lot of the, the 80s music stuff. But then he said he's the <laughs> he's the Frank Sinatra of Tonga. <laughs> That was funny. I don't okay. remember any of I these phrases. Thank these you, Richie. Thank you, that, sir. That, that was great. Happy ha- Happy yeah. New Year to you. Yeah, right back at you. I don't know. No, okay. it's just, just another day in everyone's lives, and we move on to forget about these. Things. By the way, can I just say this? On that tip, Tim, as the young people say, yes. uh, Todd the Corpse, uh, who's a good friend of ours, been listening for a long time, and who co-wrote uh, the radio play with myself and Joni DeRoshi, yes. I am uh, going, we're going to be announcing, well, I'm announcing it now. We'll actually do it later. Uh, I'm going to appoint him official historian of the Rick Emerson Show because he's been listening to this program and paying closer attention than any of us. Who is? Todd the Corpse. Oh, yes. He knows more about this show than anybody I have ever met, including any of us, because he is the guy that always emails me when I say, did we ever talk about, you know, or did we ever interview? And he immediately knows. Do you remember when the door creaked at about 21 (laughs) after the hour on the 23rd of November, 1981? And he not only remembers it, but he has like, he has it on a podcast somewhere on his home computer. Um, So Todd the Corpse is uh, going to become the official historian of the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. So we're going to do that. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about your Christmas present, Tim. Uh, let me let me find this email here. Hold on. Dun, 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 dun. Are we finally going to find out the mystery? I had forgotten present? all about that. I have been meaning to so talk it about that it. fabulous. Well, it's just that I was waiting for the appropriate day, and I wanted to make sure we had a, um, you know, we wanted to have some time. Okay, but here we go. Days and days pass, and it has... What's important? No, 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 Tim. It's still very important to all of us. Okay. The, the goings-on and you know, your happiness is of the utmost and paramount importance to all of us. Yeah, we're fascinated with you, Tim. We love you, Tim. Well, Sarah Jane Moore has just been freed. I don't know who that is. She tried to kill President Ford. I thought that was Squeaky Fromm. No, that was the other assassination attempt. Really? Two people tried to kill him? Yeah. For such a useless president. He and he was in office for a long I don't even know who... Was she from the Symbionese Liberation Army or something? Well, close. She was from San Francisco. Oh, with her San Francisco values? All right. Uh, let's see. This email, I got this from Tim. It said, Merry Christmas. I have already received the most precious gift of all, said Tim Riley to me on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, no, on Christmas Eve. The Invaders, which was your Hollywood debut, Tim Riley, as an alien, mm-hmm. was just shown on the Sci-Fi Channel and will not be shown again. Yes. But wait for it. It was the restored director's cut... Tim says, because I'm in it for more than correct. one scene. So True. now let's back up. So the, the Invaders, which is this sci-fi film, that was your first acting role in Hollywood? Yes. And yet you were cut out of the theatrical release? Yes. Okay. No, I was uh, cut out. It, this was a made-for-TV movie. Okay, but you were cut out of the final product. Yes, because I, I threw this big party. Uh, the night the night that was shown, I was working on a, a movie promotion in... Phoenix? Phoenix. And I held this big party in my hotel suite. Come watch me in The Invaders. Right. So I spent all this money. <laughs> we can already see the end of this, with, can't with we? My, with my co-workers. 
Yeah, it, it was uh, it was bad. And it then, was really bad. No, no, no. You can't cut right to the end of the page like that. So you're you're in. Now, was this in a hotel room? Yeah, it was in a hotel suite. Hotel they, they suite. A suite. You you rent it. You have a suite. You invite all your friends. Mm-hmm. Come watch my Hollywood debut. I'm in this fantastic science fiction movie called The Invaders. Mm-hmm. I'm an alien. I have a large role. I'm in multiple scenes. Mm-hmm. Everyone is in the room. The movie comes on. <sighs> Hooray! Let's all get ready for Tim's big moment. What happened? And we waited. And we waited. <laughs> and we waited. And finally. The end. <laughs> That's awful. And then did everyone kind of like nervously shuffle? At the, oh, I got to, oh, I'm overparked. I got to. Uh, Pretty much. I got to. Gone. And I couldn't go because I'm in my own hotel suite <laughs> with all this half-eaten food. A suite now decorated with failure. <laughs> it was like in Dave with that guy at the end who's Bob Rumson or whatever. At the end, he looks around. He's got the campaign sign, but everybody in his house is gone. Um. Anyway, so on Christmas Eve, the Sci-Fi Channel, though, showed the invaders with your scenes restored. Yes. They so, actually, see, the problem, th- this was produced in August of that year, and it was a Halloween offering, so they hurriedly had to splice this together. Uh-huh. In their haste, they took out a very important part of the invaders. The invaders were aliens. The aliens were never shown. <laughs> so they were just invaded by whatever. Whatever. Whatever people were talking about. <laughs> we were invaded was, by that thing off screen. It was like their worst Halloween show ever. It was never shown on Fox again. It hasn't been shown on TV since then. Um, I've never been able to find it in video. Right. It was never put on DVD. Uh, and so I just well, I might as well watch it. I, I told some other people about this. Can I, now can I ask you a question? Yeah. This is a bit of a personal question. Do you watch The Invaders every time it comes on television, hoping that your scene has been restored? This was the first time okay. that it has been on since originally it was put on in 1995. So you don't have it said as like a keyword or something on your DVR, like record every showing of this? No. All right. Because I would totally do that. I would rec- I would watch it every single time it came on looking for my scene. Uh-huh. That's like how I watch The Goonies every time to see if they uh, reinstate. Uh, the octopus scene. The scene, exactly. So on Christmas Eve, you're watching it. Uh-huh. And did you just come as a shock? Out of nowhere, there you are on the screen? It was like, I don't believe this. <laughs> that is a close-up of me. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is very exciting. Now, you have this on your DVR? I do, and I've, I've dubbed it onto a VHS tape because I have found out that every time I save something important on my DVR, the power goes off. And when you turn your power back on, everything you have on your DVR is erased. It's happened to me on numerous occasions. Rebooting, deleting all data. Uh, so I have it on VHS tape now. Okay. Was... Now, so the question is, I should know. Uh, hey, Richie, um, if we give you a VHS tape. I'm not giving Richie anything. Can you, now, can we can we post this on the site? I suppose we could. Um, If we were, if we could give, has Richie wronged you in the past somehow? No, no. I'm, oh. I'm just very picky about who I give my things to. No, I'm just, well, I understand. Um, trust me, I above all understand. Uh-huh. So, uh, if, boy, don't get me don't get me started on a list of things that I will never see again. All of them in a house in John's Landing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you can bring in a copy of that VHS, Richie, can you capture a video off a, off a videotape and put it and get it for the, for the website? Are you able to capture something off VHS? I don't even know how we would do that. Like we've talked before about, how I don't even know whether there's a VCR anymore. Yeah. So I'm not even sure how we would do that. So I have to go from VCR to ah. Mac. Uh, Richie says I have a studio VHS recorder. So could you capture video from that? Excellent. Okay. So if you can bring in like a dub or you know not the original obviously that 
and Richie can isolate that, and we can post it because this is uh, this is sort of the holy grail, right? This is this is the holy grail. Tim, now what kind of alien do you look like? Is it lots of makeup? Is it a prosthetic? Is it foam? It's prosthetic. Really? Yeah. Um, now the Invaders. This isn't. Is this the remake of the '60s TV series? Yes. So now what? Uh, what? Um, what kind of alien? I mean, can you describe at all what you look like? Do you look like a, a lizard or? Uh, it has kind of a, a ring nose. A ring nose and a ready-looking face, and I have alien gloves on that have four fingers. I still have my gloves. Really? I was going to ask if you got to keep any of them. And that. the suit itself were uh, Air Force uniforms from the early 1960s, which are green, and they look like they have ropes in front of them. Okay, hold on. I'm Googling the image search for the invaders. I don't think there's anything on there. See, and I'm wondering if maybe there's maybe a promotional shot or something, or like a still. No, there isn't. Because I, I desperately want to know what this alien uh, looks like. I guess we'll have to wait until your video is actually captured. Uh, yeah, there's nothing. Well, that's unfortunate. Okay, so uh, so if if you bring that in on Wednesday, mm-hmm. I'll have Richie capture that and we'll put it on the website so that all may behold your glory. That sounds delightful. That is fantastic. Well, congratulations, Tim. Well, thank you. It'll never be seen again. <laughs> Why do you suppose? Is it just because... Maybe there's, there, there's, uh, the spot load was light or something, and so they had to have a longer version of the Probably. film. Because you know what? Let me just, we can talk about this for a second. This is an interesting. This is one of those things that people don't really think about, and they all think it's just them who notices this. But we've all had this growing up, watching a movie on television, and then eventually you rent it on DVD or see it somehow in the theater, and it's different, and there's all kinds of scenes you remember watching as a kid that aren't in it, and you realize that on TV they just had all these scenes they added just to fill it out because everything on TV has got to be like two hours. Right. Especially back in the old days of network television, everything had to be two hours in length, no longer. And so if the movie was only an hour and 25 minutes, well, you got, whatever, 20 minutes of spots, but then you got 10 more minutes of film. And so they they would add all of these scenes that were shot so airplane is like this. You watch the movie Airplane on television, and then you watch the movie Airplane on DVD. There are, like, whole sections of the movie that are not on the DVD. They were only shown in the TV version. So uh, so Animal House was the same way, by the way. How exciting. All right. And you've you've never found this on DVD. No, it was never put on DVD. When is the last time you looked? Please tell me it was Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But you know, it, it, it was just one of those wonderful days where you make more money you've ever made in your life, and you don't know if you're going to make that much money again. And the thing is, I haven't. Now, was it a speaking role? No, but it, it was a it was a principal role. Really? You were lead alien? That was lead alien. That is fantastic. For I can't four, wait to see this. For, for I think it was a, a four-day shoot. But, but when you're in L.A., or New York as an actor, and you're looking for your union card, you have to have at least three days. So every night after you finish, even though you're not religious, you will pray that you get an extra day. <laughs> I've made it through one day. Now, why do you have to, what do you mean you have to have three days? Well, you have to have, have three days as a principal to get a uh, side card. Is that true? Yeah. How do you, um, here's the luck. There's lots I don't know about this, and so no, maybe it's, maybe it's, you it's don't. luck. And perhaps you, you find this really unpleasant or tedious to talk about, but I'm fascinated by this. So if you have to have three days experience to get a SAG card, I thought you had to ha- have a SAG card to get a role in the first place. No. So anybody, so you don't have to be a member of SAG to get an acting role. No. You yeah. can be Taft Hartley. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And, and they could they could turn into principal roles, and all of a sudden you're you're on a set, and it's much bigger than what you thought it was. So how did you now? Did you audition for the role of lead alien? Yes, but but only if, after I get a call from Central Casting. So if it's not a speaking role. How do you how do you audition for a role that has no dialogue, but is that is a large role but a non-speaking role? 
Well, basically, if you're the if the, you're the right body type, you're the right height. If you fit into a costume, they didn't make you gesture menacingly. Yes, they did. Really? As a matter of fact, yeah, a lot of this has to do with gesturing because I'm grabbing Scott Bakula's face with my hands, <laughs> shaking his head. By the way, that's the phrase of the day: grabbing Scott Bakula's face with my hands. That is fantastic. Oh, I love me some Scott Bakula. I would what I would give to have a copy of that and, audition. And I'm I'm uh, behind Scott Bakula, and the bus almost passing out, and my head's going like this. <laughs> And you know somewhere a copy of that audition is around. Because you know they save all that stuff because it always shows up later in some documentary or DVD Probably or not because it was cast late in the desert one afternoon. Like I got the call at 3. I was told there to be there by 6. And then the shoot started the next day. Wow. All right. So this, you have to bring it in on Wednesday and Richie will capture that for yeah. the website. That is fantastic. We can charge money for that. If we wanted to, we'd do, if we wanted to pull a Dennis Miller and charge like five bucks a month for you know Phil Hendry's site or something, twelve dollars to access our website. That would be the that money in the bank. Hey, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. Uh, you know you could bring that video cassette to uh, Super Digital, proud sponsor of the Rick Emerson show. That is true. We can do that. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> for Christmas, Richie I, uh... Bristol's going to take care of that for us. Okay, well, but but uh, yes, I do. But yes, they Richie Bristol will do that for us. But uh, for those not blessed with a Richie Bristol, uh, that is a fine place. Yes, excellent. Uh, for Christmas, uh, I got a Wii, and it's great. People calling up and saying I got a Wii is just hilarious <laughs> to me. Take it out of the toilet. <laughs> um, those were kind of rare. Those were hard to come by this holiday season, were they not? Yeah, no, my beloved uh, managed to score one in the, uh, like, three days prior to Christmas. One of her coworkers had uh, managed to uh, get two of them, and... Uh, was this from a guy who had a lot of watches hanging on the inside of his trench coat? No, it did not fall off the back of a truck. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, no, dude, it's been so much fun, and uh, it's, you know, what a, just a great little game. The Wii is pretty great, actually. I'm not much of a sports guy uh, at all, uh, but, uh, but the Wii makes sports pretty fun. My wife and I sat and played tennis uh, for like an hour at her uncle's house in uh, Salt Lake. So. Oh, man, there's a, there's a playground game, and uh, my wife's six-year-old and I were playing tetherball and racing slot cars. Tetherball. Yeah, no, tetherball on the Wii. Seriously, how much more geeky than that? That is have? pretty great. All right, thank you, sir. Happy New Year. All right, there all you right. go. Richie is now identifying everybody as producer. Producer Mitch, producer Brian, producer Ethan, producer Tom. All right. Uh, we'll take a break here. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, top five, uh, Peter Carlin. More from Tim Riley. Let's see. Oh, Glorious Bastard of the Year. Beginning with that, the Glorious Bastard of the Year will be announced before the end of today's program. Uh, we still haven't gotten to the Geek Watch. All that Britney Watch to get to you. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Exciting. Hey, it's the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, we'll get to big, big, big news in just a second. Fantastic news. Perhaps the most important story of your lifetime. A this story doesn't even make any sense. Your family can't afford to miss our next story. Uh, all right, so we'll get to that in a second. Don't forget, Glorious Bastard of the Year is going to be announced in a while. You know what the Glorious Bastard is winning? Hand-carved furniture from Ecopedia X, the Godfather DVD box set, Kissology Volume 3, PlayStation 2, the NBA 2K game, Led Zeppelin Song Remains the Same on CD and DVD, Led Zeppelin Mothership, Borat Special Edition, Slash's Hardcover Autobiography, Jackass 2.5, George Carlin Clothing, an AM970 shirt, the Fred Claus shirt, 
uh, merchandise from Dewey Cox, the Fox Sports Robot, Farsa the Penguins, so the Celebrity Bull Riding Challenge Book, and a thing called Bloodletting. Oh, I'm sorry, Bloodletting and Other Miraculous Cures. Well, sorry about that. Oh, and Rush Hour 3, <laughs> which where they say bonjour to, uh, to Paris and comedy. All right, this breaking news. Let me just, without further, um, in fact, uh, let me do two things here. Richie, if you can. Oh, Richie. It's called Sex Panther. Oh, Richie. By Odeon. It's quite pungent. Breaking news from Richie Bristol. Let me just say this. There are times when I really feel like we ought to be running audio or at least video on this program all the time. In commercial breaks, before we go on, for the solid four hours, I think we ought to be taping. Because y you miss so many fantastic moments that happen during commercial breaks. One of them just happened. Tim just about had a stroke. I'm almost still having a stroke. <laughs> Tim, I've never seen this before. At one point, and then we'll reveal why in just a second, Tim actually, about two minutes ago, was literally... Um, Fred Sanford style was clutching his chest as though he was about to have a coronary. So, uh, Tim, please to explain why you were just now moments away from like an embolism. Well, apparently some listener found some clips from another movie I was in that I have never seen before. Now, what is the name of this movie? Do you remember? Uh, it's under two titles. It's either Firestorm or Marcus Five. And oh, this... you've talked about this one. Yeah, before. this is the one that's filmed in the sewer in Van Nuys. <laughs> We talked about the sewer and Van Eyes. This is that movie. Wow. Uh, With Paul Williams killing me. And so, so this is, so this is a um, um, a sci-fi type. Of uh, thing. Uh, it's, it's a sci-fi movie you did called Firestorm, and you have never seen photographs. You've never heard of the movie. Hey, you've never now. Why is the movie not available? No, it's not available. Apparently, it was an Australian movie. They came over here and made it, and it was never released in America. And so this is the first time you have ever seen yourself in this film, and right. this guy found a clip of it, or, or a, shot, a still. Yeah, two right. stills. Two stills. Let me come look. Okay, here's one. Okay, first of all, that one looks a little bit like Uh-huh. Because it's your eyes. I can see your yeah. eyes there. Well, I had darker hair then. Okay, can I say this? Now, yeah. you look, you're a handsome man in this, yes. in this shot. You look very good there. That's, and he looks and like he's reminding a... me of an act, like another actor, and I can't remember who. So that's, uh, yeah, this is like... Twelve years okay. ago. Okay, and Paul Williams looks a lot like a poor man's Anthony Hopkins mm -hmm. there. All right. Starman. Let's see the... Uh, the Starman? Let's see. So that's the first one. Yeah, you look good there. Okay. But that, that hairstyle really works for you. Yeah, I had I had longer hair part in the middle, and I, I dyed it black. Now, may I ask when that was, what year that was? 95. 95, okay. It was 95 or 96. This is when I did most of this stuff. Okay, that's him. Now, is that him killing you? Yeah, he's about to kill me. He's about to give me an injection in my neck. And then he kills <laughs> me there. That that you, now that really is amazing, and here's the best part. Okay, and we will post these. Can we post these? Sure. All right. So uh, let, let's get these posted on the on the MySpace page. Sure. Is that the easiest way to do it? Probably. Yeah, All right. Or Tim would on mine too. Or, or Tim, would you rather put them on your own site? No, you can post them there. And I can po I'll post them on the MySpace. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Cause... If I want them, I can pull them off later. All right. Okay. Because I'm uh, I'm all for driving traffic wherever we want it driven. Mm -hmm. So, well, you think about it. Decide where you want them posted, Tim, and we'll put them up. Put them on MySpace. Okay. okay. Then, then I can take them and put them on mine later if I want. Okay. Put so them put them on the station's type on the station's MySpace page for now, and then probably later in the day you'll be able to see them at Riley Live. Yeah. Um. So. I don't even know where to start. So we walked by Richie's room coming back from a break, and Richie says, hey, is this Tim? I and I looked and I said, I don't know. And then you came in, and you didn't think it was you. 
You didn't even recognize yourself. Well, because I thought he was talking about the other movie that we were just talking about. Oh, you thought he was talking about the invaders. Right, where I would have been dressed as an alien. Because it never occurred to you that there would be stills of this movie. No, I forget all about this movie. And then you've only just oh to to be able to to recreate the moment when Tim looked at these stills and realized that it was him. And I, I hope I can say this. Tim is a man who uses profanity almost never. Almost never does Tim swear. Only in the most egregious of circumstances does Tim Riley ever swear. Tim unleashed a torrent of profanity during the commercial break just now when he recognized that it was him. I mean, so that really is pretty great. You've got well, I, I forgot that I once had that look. We all change the way we look every so often. Totally. And I look just totally different. It's like every now and again when people will dig up, uh, I say rare, like their collector's items. But, you know, like photographs of me from my Salt Lake days. You know, like there was that, we we did that, uh, we did, you know, we did, did some radio stunts and whatnot in Salt Lake, and some of them got some media coverage, and every now and again, it was, is this you? And it's me, like 22 years old in Salt Lake with long hair and bad and fat and everything, and, uh, and I'll go, well, man, where did you get that? And it sort of astounds me. That is, and you've got kind of a Severus Snape thing going on there. That's what it is. It's Alan you know Rickman as Professor Snape. I think I had got, um, what's it? Crispin Glover, circa, totally. like, uh, circa fu- I could, the future. I could see like that. When he was still really handsome. Got a little Crispin Glover thing going on there. That really is uh, that really is fantastic. So um, that's uh, my mid-90s look. All right. And now... That's 10 years ago? 12 years ago, actually. 12? Yeah. Okay, so now, Tim? I believe it's 95, 96. Now, I want you to... Now, please come over here for a second, if you can. We'll get a copy of this movie. Of uh, Firestorm? Is it out? I'll find it. Listen to that. I've looked for it before. Scotty who? No, Richie will find it. If it can be found, Richie will find it. Okay, Tim. Mm. Now I want you to... Is it a clip? No, hold on. Let's. Everybody's gathering around the computer here. Hold on. Wait for everybody to get over here. Now I'm going to show you something. Now it's not very big. I'm going to show you something and it's not very big. <laughs> uh, I'm going to show you I'm going to show you a picture. It's not very large and I, it, it, I found, I clicked on it and it doesn't get any bigger. It's a okay. thumbnail, thumbnail. But I want you to look at something here. Yeah. All right. This is, a, this is a still from The Invaders with Scott Bakula. Is that you? Oh, my God. How great that you can pick yourself out under all of that makeup. No, because I remember it. Okay, so unfortunately, that picture doesn't get any bigger. Um, That's me right behind Scott Bakula. Right there? Right there. And you'll, once you see the clip, you'll see me closer up, moving my head around. Okay, excellent. That's me. So we now have a still... And another partial still of Tim Riley in The Invaders. That's a lot. See, when you said you were wearing makeup, I guess for some reason I thought it was like maybe just some horns and like some, you know, tint. I mean, oh. that's a that's a full long. How long did it take to apply all that? Two hours. I went in at 5 a.m. Wow. And you always ready to go at 7. You always hear those stories about like Michael Chiklis or somebody talking about you. Well, you're in a makeup chair for three hours oh, every you morning. You a $150 bump for letting people put Really? For, for for being under the under the makeup and, and everything? And for, now for this... They filled up that bus with smoke, and that was another hundred fifty bucks. Because you're working around smoke. Right. I never knew any wow. of this. Wow. I just see. Yeah, I, I don't know. Stuff, yeah. I don't know anything about show business. So now, when when you're under all of this latex, and I'll I'll put this. Uh, Richie, can we also? Uh, do you have this link? Let me send it. I'll send it to you. We can also post this, um, and then uh, Tim will put all the stuff on his site later. Um, so this, when you're in the invaders, under this latex. Here's a dumb question: Is it uncomfortable? Yes, you're passing out. <laughs> Do you always want to, like, scratch yourself? Like, do you get an itch and then you realize you can't scratch it? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Do you sweat underneath there? I don't think I was sweating. It, it was air-conditioned, but they were blowing a lot of smoke into this bus. Can you see? No. Oh, boy, that's just got to be miserable. 
But I mean, you're thinking to yourself, like, this is it. This is making a thousand bucks a day. Really? I wasn't going to ask, uh, but since you volunteered at a thousand, <laughs> that's damn, I'll totally do that. Seriously. Sure. I, for half that, you could put latex on me. Wow. Sorry. Um, anyway, you know what I mean. Oh, boy. So, okay, that's fantastic. And that is from uh, Dan, I think, who sent that to us. Let me, let me make sure that I, uh, make sure that I know. That is from, yeah, Dan found this. He found this website of the Invaders, and this is a British website uh, about the miniseries. So Dan sent that to us. Thank you, Dan. Uh, and then who sent us that clip of t- the picture of Tim and Firestorm? Tom. Kind of like Tom. Tom. Well, Tom with an H. Yes. Tom is spelled with an H. As in, as in Thomas. Tom. Oh, it's like, so when, like in Thomas. Some pe- Tom. When some people shorten Thomas, they keep the H. Oh. So, yeah, Tom. Um, so, thank you, Tom, and That's thank you, name. Dan. I have never seen these before. Tim, it's so like fun. Christmas all over again today. It really today. is. I, I, am, this, I, I know this sounds silly and a little precious, but I am so happy for you that he found that picture of you in Firestorm. This is just incredible. That is, a, I mean, again, please don't take this as a knock on your contemporary appearance. You look yeah. really good there. You do look. Well, that is more of a dated appearance. As a matter of fact, my agent told me to get rid of that look. Really? The yeah. uh, the black hair? She said it wasn't a very flattering look for me. No, 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 no. That's mm. a fine look. So I cut I cut my hair right after that. I shouldn't have listened to her. Next for our next, if we do a Halloween party, you should go as yourself in Firestorm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great idea. What was your character's name? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. All right, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna look it up on IMDb right now. It's New it's Year's. Probably Eve. not on there. Uh, why would it not? The movie? The movie is on there, but it doesn't have everybody in it. Well, let me see if it's uh, been... Uh, have you... Now, let me ask you this. Uh, Do you know this because another... you've searched yourself on IMDb recently? Well, there, is, there was another movie called Firestorm. With, but uh, the, the, release was also, the release was also called Marcus 5. Uh, Firestorm with Howie Long yeah, the so other one. Marcus uh, with a C? With a K. With a, a K. Marcus 5. 5 with a V. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay, hold on. Marcus And it's Australian, five. so it might not be on there. We'll see. Marcus 5 with a V. All right. No. Yeah, see? It's not, it's not on there. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It is. Well, I'm happy to have this because that's more than I ever saw before. That's proof that it exists. So in one day... I, mean, I died gracefully. <laughs> it was one of my best performances in the sewer. How long did you, how long did you work on that film? Two days. Now, do you because guys... I was, I was also an assassin in that, wearing another costume. Oh, really? So you did double double duty? Yeah. Oh, this is really low budget, because even Paul Williams' name on his trailer was on masking tape. <laughs> he didn't get the chair with the star on the back no, of it? No, uh, do you and, get... and, and I remember uh, Craft Services was like, I crumbled a bowl of potato chips and rolled. Did you get extra money for working in a sewer? No, I didn't. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think this was done before the Invaders. Fantastic. So in one day... Yeah, I was non-union when this was made. We, I was union when that was made. In one day, we found a couple of stills from a movie you didn't even know there were stills of. Right. And that you've never seen. And this other uh, shot of you as an alien. This is really exceptional. This this makeup. I, I made an exceptional alien. I was surprised I wasn't cast again. It's It really is great. I cannot wait for to post this clip, uh, you know, to have it on your website or wherever it is we put it so people can see it. I know that people are going to be really into seeing this. Um, I know I am. I'm giddy like a schoolgirl over the whole Isn't thing. Isn't this crazy? It really is. I love the internet and our. Let's take a moment to acknowledge how great our audience is, by the way. Mm-hmm. That our audience found both of these almost instantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, God I've only... tried for years to find some of these. I've never seen anything from Marcus Fi- oh, Firestone. You, you know what? That happens to me sometimes where it's like I will be looking for something forever mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll mention it on the air and somebody will be like, hey, is this that thing you were looking for for 10 years? I found it in four seconds. Here you go. 
so I'm tempted now to start listing all kinds of things that I'm looking for but have never found because I know somebody will find them. Uh, I'm shocked. It's it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's the hap, hap, happiest day of the year, Tim. It is. So, And that in the same week that you finally saw the invaders and your scenes uh, on sci-fi. Yeah. It really is. Uh, it's a, now I can get on with my life. I was just going to say, what an exceptional way to end the year. It you is. Know? It really is. All right. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank everybody who found this because I've been trying to find these things for years. Yeah, it was, uh, it's fantastic. All right. Um, I had forgotten what I looked like back in the golden days of my youth. <laughs> this email says, catching up to the podcast, if you haven't made Tim read some of the poetry, please have him read some of Suzanne Summer's poems before the show is over. Yay. What a great way to end 2007. Tim? I'm agreeable to anything at this point. <laughs> Sarah, do you want to find a poem for Tim to read? Oh, yes, please. Try not to, don't use the one about pubic hair. Um, why would Suzanne Summers think it was a good idea to write a poem about that? Uh, most of her poems rhyme, by the way. All right. Um, okay, uh, here's what's coming up in the next hour. We'll take a break here and we'll catch up. And we're all just so giddy, we should probably take some time to compose ourselves. Uh, in the next hour, Peter Carlin will join us uh, with his obligatory year-end wrap-up of television crap. Uh, we will announce the glorious bastard of the year, and uh, we'll have uh, Suzanne Summers' poetry from Tim Riley. Or should we have that into the break? I think we should have it into the break. All right. We'll end this... We don't want to do this just once. End this hour with a smile on our face. Ladies and gentlemen, as read by Tim Riley, the poetry of Suzanne Summers. Oh, we're going to have some flowery music. Oh, yes, we are. Sometimes when I am sad, and life is not what it seems, and even sex is like a song I've heard way too often, I remember my two-week love. We talked so freely that night we met. But when I came to you the next day, it seemed so contrived. The spontaneity was gone. My underwear selected carefully. Nervous blotches on my neck. A choking voice full of cliches. And that stupid smile on my face. Until you opened the door and I felt the magic. Despite your suddenly fumbling hands... The nervous cough. Wow. Your perfectly creased, coordinated casuals. And that stupid smile on your face. We parried for a time, suggesting movies are right in the countryside. A study of awkwardness until somebody made a move and we were making wild and crazy love. Before the ice had settled in our drinks, it was only two weeks, but we loved. God, how we loved. Until you had to go back home with gifts for the children. All right, then. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We're live. It's Monday. It's New Year's Eve. Um, tomorrow. So tomorrow uh, will be uh, kind of live, kind of not. Um... Uh, Kristen Bowie and Timmy Ryan will be here, and then uh, I'll be in, but we'll be doing, um, I think, a live news hour, and probably a live first hour, and we may do some sort of highlights uh, from shows earlier this year, uh, so it'll be sort of a live plus, I guess. Anyway, so I'll be here tomorrow, uh, along with Kristen Bowie and Timmy Ryan, uh, so we'll do some live news and some other stuff, and we uh, we may play some stuff from earlier on in the year, so it'll be uh, sort of a combination of live and not tomorrow. So uh, do tune in. They'd be uh, hilarious nonetheless. So uh, listen to that. And then we're all back live again on Wednesday. We are live today, New Year's Eve. Uh, coming up in this hour, Glorious Bastard of the Year. Uh, more from Tim Riley. So we're not allowed to enter to be Glorious Bastard of the Year? No. Okay. What? 
What? <laughs> I want to win that stuff. I didn't hear that. Have you seen the uh, the cabinet from EcoPDX? No, I it... don't even want to. Okay. That's the spirit. If you can't win it, you don't want to see it. Exactly. No, I'm with you on that. Uh, okay, so before we do anything else, I think we're going to talk to Peter Carlin here in a few, and we got a bunch of crap coming up. Um, so we should take a moment to acknowledge all of the insane crap that happened in 2007. Uh, I mean, you know, it's the New Year's Eve, so we, we, we kind of got to do that. We should make a master list. Should we? Why not? Do you have? Okay. Well, we can just mentally, I mean. Is this our high concept through. segment? Sure, yeah. All right, ladies yes, and gentlemen, yes. we are now going to create a master list for our own amusement, and because we've got an hour to kill before the end of the show. Uh, of everything crazy that happened in 2007. I either, wish we had crazy music to play in the background. Either Wait. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Crazy music. I have some of that. Uh, so we are now going to create a master list of all of the crazy things, either celebrity or not, uh, that happened during 2007. Uh, we will not take your calls on this. 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Nine seventy. Uh, my only request is you not be vague about it. In other words, don't call up and go, well, all that crazy Britney stuff. We are looking for specific crazy events, okay. uh, either local, international, national, celebrity-oriented, about the show, you know, whatever. A master list of crazy events from 2007. Uh, please now to be calling uh, at 503-733-2970. And uh, I've got some crazy music queued up. We'll uh, we'll get to that as soon as the calls start coming in. Uh, so do we get to start it? Well, I'm going to start it by asking you this because I actually still don't know about this one. It, wh- I still have not seen whatever these weird Michael Jackson photos are that came out. Whatever, I guess over the holiday, or maybe I was gone. Was it when I was in Seattle? I think you were. I think it might have been that one day when you were in Seattle. Yeah, because I've had it on my blog for a while. So what? What are the crazy Michael Jackson photos? Should I go to your? Uh, should I go to your blog now? Yes. All right. They're hold on. on. Let's see. I think the second page. All right. Here we go. Sarah Dillon. Tim is so happy. I'm. I'm excited to I'm see. I'm excited Tim that happy. he's up. Yeah, because that's his passion, you know. All right. Let's see here. Looking at Sarah Dillon's blog. There it is. All right. The second Scroll item down. on the second page. Second item. Second page. Let's see. Older posts. Yes. Is that Jenna Jameson? Boy, she's yeah. bad. I know. All right, looking at Michael Jackson. Whoa. What? I don't understand. Are these bandages? They're Band-Aids. I guess he was playing. The story is that he was roughhousing. Oh, and his that. face came off. Yeah, really? He was roughhousing with one of his kids, and like his face collapsed or something. <laughs> wow. And oh, it's, how wrong is that? And it's it's really indicative of how crazy and just completely freakish Michael Jackson has become that this didn't get bigger play. I mean, can you imagine if whoever, I mean, Britney Spears or, you know, like, what's her name, Jessica Alba, if she was roughhousing and her face collapsed, I mean, that would be on the front page of every paper everywhere. What happened? You know, George Clooney's face collapsed. But like with Michael Jackson, the fact that his face clearly just fell off is now not even considered news. That's true. It doesn't even phase anybody. It's now not even considered noteworthy that large sections of his face came away. Wow, that's really unpleasant. Okay, I'm going to close that now before it starts haunting my dreams. So we are looking for a master list of crazy things that happened in 2007. Uh, we'll start, and then we'll talk to Peter Carlin in a few. We'll start at, uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, hello, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hey. Hey. Um, so one of my favorite stories was in, uh, I think, June or July, in Australia, a TV show called Chasers War and Everything, dressed up as um, terrorists and got into a limo in a motorcade and got right up... Um, I do remember that. Yeah. There was actually a follow-up to that um, that I never bothered... But this is like... It was like a comedy about. troupe, right? Like they were a comedy yeah. troupe and they dressed up as terrorists and then they went to an airport or something? 
Um, he was in town for some sort of um, international meeting, right. and so it was like in front of their hotel. All right, go um, terrorists. And then um, the follow-up to that is on their website, on Chaser's Warren Everything's website, they actually had the video of that, um, and it's a lot funnier than than um, the way that Tim Riley read it because he was. I, I read the stories that he was reading from, and they kind of skewed it to make it sound like. Um, it wasn't as bad as it actually was. Right. It's pretty fantastic. Excellent. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. There you go. Uh, looking for a master list of crazy things that happened in 2007. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, good Lord. Hello. Hi. In the meantime, hey, Richie, do you want to wrangle Peter Carlin, please? This We'll take advantage of this caller's lag time and realizing he's on the air to get a hold of Peter Carlin for the Oregon. Hello? Well, now it, now it's just a quest. I want to find out. Yes, really? Sarah, did you have an item to add while I we're waiting put, for this caller to realize put, that we've answered his call? Uh, Jenkum on the list. Oh, totally. How could I forget about Jenkum? See, this is why we need this, because how how slow is my brain that I completely forget about something that happened like two weeks ago? Jenkum. Boy, and it's weird how I think Todd the Corpse made this observation. <laughs> Seriously, you know you're, you're on, on the air, air, right? Yeah, okay. We'll just let, we'll wait. Um, th- 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 like this stuff happens and it unfolds and then it's over so quickly that you don't even really register it. Here's another one. Speaking of that, chocolate rain. Chocolate rain. Chocolate rain happened, was huge, and it was gone all in the space of like 10 days. Chocolate well, rain. And then not only Anna Nicole Smith, but Anna Nicole Smith's quest for baby daddy. Oh, God, I can't. Now, was that this year that she died? That was this year. That was like February. I remember we were on the air when it happened. Anna Nicole dead plus crazy videos. Okay, I'm going to give this caller 10 more seconds. I think you've given them like two minutes too long. All right. We're about to hang up on you. Maybe someone's pocket called us. I wonder if somebody dialed us accidentally. I wonder if they're slowly being killed and we're the last witnesses. There is some weird noise in the background. Maybe he's being put through a wood pulper. All right. Uh, one more, and then we'll talk to Peter Carlin. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah. Hey, Rick, I don't know if this happened in 2007, but remember that, that Asian guy that was driving through the, the that uh, that little mountain pass after New Year's, and he was an Asian guy, and they, they, they got stuck in the snow. Oh, and yeah, this is back. that family, the family where the, the where oh, they got lost. Oh, that's a bad story. Was, it, that, was that at the very beginning of 2007? I think it was. and it, Yeah, it was, because we were on the air. No, wait a minute. I don't know now. Because I know it was right we after the holidays. We were in the old studio. I remember in the old studio because remember Scotty every day would just become more and more enraged about the guy. Uh, I'll put it down even though I don't really remember. Um, let's see, family trapped in snow. Because that's pretty crazy. It was a crazy story. Trapped and snapped in snow. All right, thank you, sir. Uh-huh. All right, there you go. We'll get more of you. If you're on hold, hang on. We'll get more of your calls here in a moment. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Oregonian with a heart full of hate and a head full of a weird humming sound. Uh, it's Peter Carlin. Hello, hey. sir. Hey, Hi, what's up, you? brother man? How are you doing? I don't know. I, you know, I fear that that weird humming sound is 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 happening on my end, though. I I, I wish it weren't. I have it's like a transformer or something. I have this for my my computer here at home, and and. Uh... Are you speaking to us over the internet? No. Hey, is it better now? Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah, it's this it's this um this this transformer thing I have. You know how you have a wire that connects your your laptop to the to the wall? Yes. That dealy, and it has that big box on it that does some mysterious thing where it converts. Uh, electricity into pixels and thoughts and stuff. Yes. 
Well, like, it, it, it behaves oddly. So sometimes if I'm working and the battery's not in the thing, if I hang up the phone or, or pick up the phone, it turns my computer off. And I don't think that's how it's supposed to function. Do you? Does yours do that? Have you heard of that before? No. I. Uh, but you know what? Like, mechanics uh, and sort of electronics are just fascinating to me in that way because Sarah, for example, I don't know if you've fixed your car yet, have you? Yes, I finally did. My friend Jay fixed it for me. Sarah had this problem in the car where the, let's see, the windshield wipers would only work when her brights were on. <laughs> and... And what was shut it? off? So my windshield wipers would only work with my brights on, and then they would shut off if I used a blinker, my right yes, blinker. See? So if it was raining, she was obligated to a have her brights on and b not signal before turning. You know, at which point I just buy a new car. Yeah, that's because it's like I can't even imagine. Or life insurance. No, really, the nice listener dropped me off the the part that I needed. So oh, really? Now. Yeah. yeah. Dropped you off? No, it dropped off a part. Like we were talking about the car, and right, right. So then suddenly at the front desk, there's like an electrical part. That was mm -hmm. the case, and actually in a plastic bag, the guy dropped off the car part. No name or anything, just the just the car part that I needed and the a manual on how to do it. That's pretty. That's pretty. That's 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 totally happening right that's, there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, very cool. it's all part of being uh, the best audience ever. Stock up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why we cast you in the radio play, sir. It's exactly that kind of bile. Yeah. Thanks again for taking part of that. You sounded fantastic. Hey, thanks. Will I be up for some kind of award, maybe? No. Uh, the uh, I listened back to. It. We did an encore presentation Monday. Oh yeah. And I wasn't here, so I was actually able to listen to it on the radio, like you know, just, uh, as a listener. And it just it sounded even more flawless the second time. So congratulations, my friend. Oh, congratulations to you. No, just you're the star of the show, and wow. I understand you may have written it too. Not uh, well. I, I was a co-writer. Were you a co-writer? Wrote it along with my friend Joni DeRoshi and uh, our friend Todd Workovitz. So it was the three of us sort of uh, piled onto that together. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Well, I guess we're here to do the obligatory. Um, blah, blah, blah. How is Joni? You know, when I met her, she, blah, blah, blah. She, she seemed frightened of me. Is she all right? Um, she, I, she she seemed terrified to meet me, which I I couldn't tell if that was a good or bad thing. Joni. Um, I don't know. Should I wait? Should I make up? Uh, should... Well, Sarah, okay, whatever. I, I don't. I don't know. Well, I would think that Joni would be a fan of Peter Carlin. Well, I'm not saying she didn't like me. I'm just saying that she seemed scared. That's all. Uh, she was. Well, you do sound kind of scary sometimes. She was. Um. Uh. I. Uh, boy. Um. I'll just say. Was this. she intimidated? No. I'll say she was apprehensive to meet Peter Carlin because. Um. She's quite. Of overly perky personality. She's quite fond of you. Weird. She has a crush. I didn't say that. She has a Peter Carlin crush. I didn't say that. She's the one. I uh, I didn't. Uh, that's not something I said, Sarah. You said that. I'm simply saying that she's fond of him and was therefore nervous to meet him uh, at Music Millennium that time. I'm not wow. saying she has a crush. Sarah Dillon said that. Well, tell her I said hello. <laughs> Should I tell her you said hello? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Tell her I said it's hello as though I were very white. <laughs> <laughs> a very white hello. Hello. It's a very white hello. And I had a bottle of champagne between my hands and I was going, Shh, sh, sh, sh. you know when you do that. Anyway, all right, where were we headed a second ago? I don't know. I don't know. I felt like we ought to do some obligatory year-end wrap-up thing, but I now realize that that's stupid. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, why don't you do this? Because uh, okay. I know you can. Uh, and I do mean this sincerely. I'm not doing this as, uh, out of obligation. Uh, other than Friday Night Lights, which I feel really bad for falling behind on, and I'm sorry I ended the sentence with a preposition just then, but I... What is what what is some crap that I ought to be watching that I'm not? Like, what are people not watching that they ought to be? Whoa! Well, now you see now it, but the, now the, that's a completely different thing because now there's you know there's that big strike going on, and so there's not a lot, not as much to watch as before. Thirty Rock definitely like take this opportunity with the strike when everything else falls or fails to catch up on Thirty Rock. P 
people, listeners, Americans. That would be my one piece of advice that I would have. Also, The Wire is coming back. Oh, and I was now, watching the uh, advanced episodes of that. Oh, bastard. Really? Yeah. Oh. Did you not? And it's quite great. So and cool. it's it's witheringly good. Oh, it's it so, is. It's the best show on television, in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty darn close. I mean, it's really. It, but except for that, it's just so unrelentingly dark. Oh, well, let's see. But that's you know that's that's exactly what Rick Emerson ordered. Uh, my favorite. I mean, when it comes to movies and TV, uh, I really do favor the grim and the bleak. Well, then you will be happy as all get out on this one because it is grim and bleak. Even more so than the last season? Well, you know, it's not quite. There's some dark. It, it, a lot of it sort of plays as dark comedy, but a lot of that stuff is stuff that's said in the newsroom of the Baltimore Sun. Which newspaper uh, is insane for allowing David Simon to film using their... <laughs> right. <laughs> because he essentially just makes them and every other newspaper by extension, extension seem to be just sad. It might in fact be, and I don't know this, but it might in fact be the newspaper that he worked it for. It is. It's exactly the newspaper okay. he worked well, for. Well, that's probably why, because he really, for better or worse, put them on the map when he wrote the book Homicide. Maybe they thought he was going to be nice to them as a result. <laughs> no. It was not the case. Well, I guess if you're in Baltimore, any publicity is, I mean, as uh, I was going to say good, but I mean, it's not. I mean, how would you like to work for the Baltimore Tourism Board? Mm. I mean, really, honestly. Well, yeah. So anyway, so that's coming up on Sunday. I think it comes back, so you should watch that. Excellent. Uh, that's this coming Sunday, really? Yeah, on the 6th. Oh, man, I'm all over that. Uh, let me ask you this uh, about the strike, and I'm glad you reminded me of The Wire. So that's already done. That See, it's not going to like ha end halfway through. No, or no, something. no. See, they had that whole thing in the can before the strike took Excellent. Away. So when when do Letterman and um, – uh, is it Letterman and Conan? Who's coming back? Uh, Leno and Conan O'Brien and, and uh, the whole gang's coming back. Dave and Craig and probably Jimmy. I haven't seen a, a, a press release on the Jimmy thing yet, but he'll definitely be, I'm Here, sure. Here's the thing is that Letterman has done this before in the last strike. Leno, as bland as he may be, has years of stand-up experience. And Conan, of course, was a writer on The Simpsons. Yeah. So it seems like those guys are in a pretty good position to come well, back except, and do decent shows. Except for not even an experienced writer like Conan O'Brien can write like the whole can write like 5 hours of stuff a, a week single-handedly. Uh, I don't. So it's going to end up what's going to end up happening which is going to work to some of their strengths. And also please don't forget uh, let me interject this in the middle of the sentence. Okay. That Dave and Craig Ferguson are coming back with their writers. Right because he owns his own show. Well, yeah, it's some kind of thing and and you know it's a little bit strange. I mean, I can see what the WGA is trying to do. They're trying to divide and conquer by giving, because they're going to turn the heat up on all the other networks by giving CBS a leg up. And theoretically, if they have good new material, you know, who who wants to sit around and watch Jay sort of stump, stammering sure. and stumbling if they can turn the channel and watch Dave and he's got his whole crew And there. Dave basically is back to where he was before, yeah. But the, the good thing that could come of it for these shows that don't have their writers is that they end up just having to improvise. Well, I was and just... you get this weird, scary thing where, like, they book weirdos and, and they book eccentrics and, and people who you never see on TV. But, you know, can I, if I can interject a slice of personal, uh, a little editorial observation here, there's no way to say this without sounding like I'm just waxing my own car, as Paul Thomas Anderson would say. But And, and Lycus, Tom Lycus has actually talked about this. He, he did an extensive monologue on this when this whole strike started. So I'm not really talking about just us. I'm talking about... Uh, the, the people who do what I do everywhere in whatever market, whatever. This idea that somehow it's just insanely difficult to come up with 44 minutes of material a night. I mean, honestly, I mean, and again, this is not just about me. This is about everybody who does what I do. But to take us, for example, 
Uh, you know what? We do 20 hours of material a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I come up for four hours every yeah. day with no script. I know you do, and no one's a bigger Rick Emerson fan than I am. Well, maybe there's a few others. But um, uh, but the thing is is that you, your bar is set in a different – and what you do is different from what those guys do. And if you were doing your thing on TV, it would somehow look less uh, less less Emerson tastic than it than it sounds on the radio. So you you're saying I, I only have to uh, accomplish orally. I have no visual. Hurdle. No, that's not it. It's hard to explain. This is kind of it. And I'm not. This is not a diss. Um, this is this is not. But but it's just the pace and the standards. I mean, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, what you do is amateurish and dumb because that's not. Not what I think. But thanks for using those two uh, adjectives. Thanks. Well, it's not like <laughs> what I <laughs> Rick, I'm not trying to say that you uh, could be replaced by a retarded monkey. Yeah. No, it would have to be a fully functioning monkey. Thank you. And a smart one. No, I'm just saying, it's just like, I mean, you could, maybe you're right. I, I shouldn't just contradict you because it could be that you're totally, absolutely right. And you're right. You do a lot of that. And it could be that those guys get up there and, 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 it's a lot more fun and a lot more interesting than than people think. But 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 the amazing thing is that how much I don't know. There's a lot of undergirding that goes into every gesture and sentence and word. You know what I'm saying? I suppose. It, it, I guess my thing is I'm not saying that I for I'm, I guess what I'm not saying is that you could take this show and slot it into late night and suddenly it works. I guess what I'm saying is you take a guy like uh, you take Conan who's been doing it for what 13 years now yeah. something like that. It, it, after 13 years of doing that, if he can't get in there and do an approximation of his old show without writers, yeah. I mean, he got to have that show now, taken away right. from him. He probably can. And in a sense, if you were even tempted to take what I had said a moment ago as a, as, as a diss, you should turn it upside down and realize that what I also said is they can't do what you do. Yeah. That's I mean on the Maybe. one hand. On the other hand, it could be that I mean I think some of them are better would be more suited to it than others. Letterman did a did a really interesting job of it twenty years ago. And um and it could be that maybe Leno, yeah, you're right, he is great as a, or has been at times been an inspired stand up and maybe he'll be able to do it. Maybe in fact it'll blow out some of the rust and the crud that's built up in his pipes over the last uh, are, are these guys just gonna pay a lot of their friends maybe uh, under the table like Leno to, to write the show with them? I think the rule is that they're not supposed to do that, and that that's like a uh, capital offense. And my other question is, you said talking about having the book eccentrics and crazies and whatnot. Is that because a lot of the guests won't cross the picket line? A lot. Well, a lot of those guys, yeah, a lot of your mainstream, like people who are like uh, Screen Actors Guild type people, right? Like their guild is like, I think essentially said you shouldn't cross this line, right? So then you end up with a lot of. Um, like, I'll just make a plug for my buddy, John Wertheim, who wrote a book. He's a sports writer for uh, Sports Illustrated. And he wrote a brilliant book about pool, pool hustlers called Running the Table. And its central character is this manic, depressive, super charming, super young pool hustler who goes by the name Kid Delicious. And uh, John and I, or I've been help, trying to help John get hooked up with Conan O'Brien's people because they're uh, some of them are friends of mine, mm -hmm. and uh, to get Kid Delicious on Conan. And it just wasn't really happening all fall. But now that there's a strike and they're coming back, guess who they are? Real, I mean, at least last I heard, they're suddenly way interested in booking. Is this 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 really cool, nice, charming pool hustler kid? Because 
you, you know, you could have him on the air for 15 sure. minutes a night doing trick shots and being funny and cute, and he writes his own copy. And especially know? if you're a guy like Letterman who has a pretty good knack for working with uh, found absurdity. Exactly. And Letterman, like you remember Letterman 20 years ago, oh, yeah. made a whole night out of getting a shave live on TV, and yep. it was gripping and hilarious. You know, whereas, you know, because that's his, in, in some ways, that's his greatest strength, and it was a thrill to watch the show because you just literally, as opposed to every, you never every knew. other night, you don't know what's going to happen next. So when does this all start? Is it the 7th or is it tomorrow? I believe that it's the 2nd. The 2nd. That was second. the day after tomorrow. Okay, so Wednesday. I am totally going to watch that. Uh, yeah, but, I don't, but Letterman, when he comes back, it's just going to be business as usual. But it's these other dudes who are going to have to sort of wing it. What would you say is going to be more interesting to watch? Is it going to be more interesting to watch Leno struggle or to watch Letterman come back and sort of, you know, take advantage of the fact that he's one of the only guys doing new material, really? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. It may be more interesting just uh, how's this for uh, option C, just watch, see if Conan can do it. Oh, yeah. Because he's, not, he's never been a stand-up. Excellent. I mean, he's brilliantly funny and all this stuff, but he's, he's, a, whole other, he's a whole other kettle of uh, kettle of funny or something. <laughs> it's a thing of something. He's a whole other uh, He's a noun, whole other noun. thing of stuff there. He's a container of what's it? Uh, all right. Uh, coming up in 2008, when is your, if I can ask this, when is your uh, McCartney book scheduled to be uh, done? Ooh. Am I allowed to ask? Well, yeah, you could ask. When, but... when, is it, when is it slated to go to the publisher? Ooh, like in a year or so. Would you say that's going to happen? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> Excellent. That's a really good question. I think it's supposed to come out sometime in 2009. Maybe later in the year. All right, if I can ask this, and we'll talk way more about this as the whoring of it uh, begins. Um, are you now? Is this? Are you? Are you interviewing or talking to the man himself? Oh, I'm working on it. Excellent. I'm talking to a lot of other people, but we'll see. You know, he's he's got a lot on his plate right now. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Uh, well, happy New Year to you and yours, my friend. Uh, enjoy those wire episodes that I'm coveting jealously, and uh, we will uh, speak to you sometime in the new year. Yeah, so that would be fun. All right. Thank you, my friend. Happy New Year to you. All right. You and yearn. Thank you, sir. Read him in print in the Oregonian, online at OregonLive.com. Worship him everywhere. Peter Carlin, ladies and gentlemen. Dig that guy. Fantastic. Wonderful. All right. Uh, let me do these calls. We'll break. We'll come back with Tim Riley. Uh, we are uh, assembling a master list of the crazy things that happened in 2007. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi. Hi. Um, sorry. Hey. I was just in just, you know, listening to the interview. Um, we loved Bud Hash. Everyone does, ma'am. Oh, my gosh. My husband and I drove around Portland that day and listened and laughed and texted my, our 16-year-old in class saying, are you on butt hash? Demanding, that he, <laughs> demanding to smell his <laughs> breath for feces her, before he goes her. to bed at night? Yeah. Oh, her? Yeah, yes. she was, yeah, she was quite disgusted. She thought her parents had totally fallen off the rocker. Profiling for the stench of human waste. Oh, yes. oh. Excellent. Thank you so yeah, much. Thanks. Thank Bye. you for listening. Happy New Year. Hi, you're uh, on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, oh wait, hold on. I'm just we're trying to get it. We're getting uh, some of these crazy news stories. Hold on. Where's my wacky music? Oh, that no, ignore that. All right. Go ahead, sir. Oh, well, uh yeah, I don't know if this qualifies, but how crazy was it that you got to interview both Peter Chris and Mandy Moore on the same day? Seriously, within an hour oh, of each yeah. other. Peter Chris, Mandy that? Moore. Yeah, that, I mean that that definitely was one of your best days. But yeah, that was just that was nuts. Like like pushing both ends of the spectrum, absolutely. See, and I never really thought about that. It is really the yin and the yang represented right there. Excellent. Absolutely. All right, excellent. Well done, sir. Thank Good you, day. my friend. Thank right you. On, buddy. All right, Thanks. there you go. Uh, somebody else has said, Rick, uh, I have only one sentence to describe this year. Quote: The anus was unremarkable. 
<laughs> that is from Anna Nicole Smith's uh, autopsy. I forgot all about the anus being unremarkable. All right. Uh, this one says, uh, yeah, the Brit- Britney head shaving. I'd forgotten about that. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hey, I'd just like to thank you for a wonderful year and many years of, of great entertainment. Excellent. Thank you. Written whole cloth out of thin air. And uh, one thing I would like to remark is um, bookmark that Thursday before you went to the um, Ace of Hearts or Angels. Mm-hmm. That was the best of the um, best of shows. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. We'll file it away for future reference. Thank you. All right. Bye. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Thank you very much. All right, there you go. Uh, let's take a break. We come back. Tim Riley, are you preparing news? Oh, yes. Let me let me play a little something in the break here. I hope I've selected the right one. Um, okay. Turn it because I, it's a really good bump. We can, well, do you, can you stop it? Can no. Can you stop it? Will it start again? No. You want to listen to it and play our thing? Yeah. Well, we'll listen to this and then I'll play my thing I'm in a break. I'm busy compiling a list of the best images of the year that I've used. Excellent. I'm going to sit here and wait this out. I really hope I've selected the right thing to play here. Okay, okay. All right, let me go ahead and play this here. Here is a shocking heads up for parents about teen drug use. One Florida Sheriff's Department warns there's a new way for your kids to get high. And as Fox City's Jack Miller reports, they're using raw sewage. The Washington Post, the Drudge Report, and Inside Edition are all talking about Jenkum. They could be uh, toxic and, and harming. The bulletin describes Jenkum as gas produced by raw sewage that's allowed to ferment. Pictures show young people who appear to be breathing in Jenkum. This confidential internal document from Collier County was leaked by someone inside the sheriff's office. Deputies say it's no big deal because all the information in the memo is available on the Internet, and there wasn't enough concern to warn parents about Jenkum when the memo was written back in September. We had no known information that this actually occurred in Collier County. But he says what is known is that students are talking about it and parents need to be aware. Sewage is toxic and it's handled... uh as a biohazard. We weren't able to confirm tonight if Jenkum is a problem for law enforcement in our area. Cops are calling it Jenkum or the human waste drug, but parents need to be aware that kids are calling it by the more popular slang term, butthash. Jack Miller, Fox 30 News. And at this point, it's not clear if Jenkum can even be considered to be illegal. We'll keep you posted. All right, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Tim Riley, are you preparing news for us as we speak? Yes, yes, it's all done. I've got another exciting surprise for you. Oh, no, I can't take any more. Well, I'll give you money to prepare for it. Let's welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. James Roop. Hello, sir. Happy current year. Thank you, my friend. And thank you for joining us today. I know that you're kind of off the clock at the moment. It's my fault for, uh, I called CNN late this morning and kind of missed all the booking, folks. Hey, you know, that's amazing. I got the message from you. I went, really? They got to go home? That's it. They were home at like... I'm not casting aspersions. It is New Year's Eve, but they were home at 9 a.m. our time. They were done. So I'm guessing they called the Capitol, 
They called all the foreign uh, nations and yes. said, look, let's put everything on hold till tomorrow. Can you please, can there be no news of any kind? That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not going to knock CNN. We do love them. But it does seem odd <laughs> that, you know, that apparently today's schedule is predicated upon the notion and or hope that there is nothing happening anywhere at all ever. So, uh, all right. Maybe well, it's not. Yeah, I mean, if I'm, you know, talking to idiots sitting on the sidewalk in Pasadena, must not be a whole lot going on. <laughs> Um, the now, what what idiots are you talking about? Are the people lined up for the parade tomorrow? Oh yeah, that, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Uh, and then you guys, we were just talking about this actually. There's the whole thing with them, um, like Leno is going back to work. Um, what, yeah, on the all second? those talk shows are coming back. Uh, Letterman, however, will have his writers. He's been able to strike a deal with the. Uh, with the Writers Guild. So Le Leno, the big you know, the thing they say about Leno is he had all the years of being a stand-up, and of course he's gotten really bad and terrible over the years, but he is still a very workaholic. He's a working comedian still. Yeah. So, But it does, it, it does sort of beg whether or not people are going to be interested in watching Leno do 44 minutes with only his own so-called wit to draw from. Well, I, I think what will be interesting is, first of all, is he actually going to write jokes? Because if he does write jokes, he's violating... He's crossing his own picket line. I hadn't thought about that, really. So, well, he's a, he's a member of the Writers Guild. So he actually, so, so if he, he writes, has to ad lib everything because if he wants if he, to be true to the support of the strike. Because if you write something, he is scabbing. Yes, exactly. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, or he's crossing the picket line. Um, okay, I'm totally. Getting, I never thought I'd say this. I'm gonna watch Jay Leno. Yeah. So I'm, am I. I think a lot of people are just to see how good or how bad it's going to be, and then compare it to Letterman, who's and and Ferguson, who are going to have their writers. See, Letterman owns his, his Worldwide Pants company owns his show, not CBS. And what does it do with Ferguson? Does Worldwide Pants doesn't own that, does it? Yes, it does. Oh, okay, well, that explains. Yeah, it owns it. the Late Show and the Late Late Show. All right, Ferguson's good too. He's, I, you know, I, I'm surprised at how good he is. Yeah. Yeah, he he's much better than I thought he would be. Well, that's going to be interesting. So I will actually do just that. I will do like a Pepsi challenge. I will watch Leno, sadly enough, and then I'll watch uh, Letterman and just kind of see. And it's interesting. Somebody else pointed out, uh, we had a TV critic who just joined us, our, our TV critic from the Oregonian, who was saying that the WGA is doing this as like a divide and conquer, that they are strike it. They struck the deal with Letterman which to then put pressure on the other networks to cave to the Writers Guild. Yeah, I think it's a good move. Uh, and I would consider it if I was a writer. Well, I'm a, I'm, I'm a member of the WGA, but in a different part of it. Um, I, I, I would consider that a small victory because they've been trying to, to negotiate with individual companies uh, since uh, about the second or third week of this when it looked like producers and networks weren't going to really talk. So they said, let's let's deal with individuals. Letterman was the only one with any guts. Right. Now he's not he's not afraid. What's the, what's the network going to do to him? Right. You know he'll just take it somewhere else. It's his show. So he says, all right, I'll do this. They worked out this deal on the issue, this residual for new media. I'd love to find out the details. Of I was going to ask, did he give the writers what no. they wanted? Uh, it's, apparently he did. According Good to the him. writers, they've been able to work out an agreement, which means that was the and that's the issue. Is is residuals for for new media? Yeah, internet downloads, yeah. iPod casts, you know that kind of thing. Uh, they, there's some sort of pay structure for that. I'm guessing, and you know, well, good we for him. About before it's got to be a percent. You know what? And Letterman, the difference between Letterman and Leno, to me, and to a lot of people, has always been that Leno's a comedian, but Letterman is a broadcaster. Yeah. In the well, truest tradition. He started out as a news, as a weather guy in Indiana. And he he has always seemed curmudgeonly, but at heart like a good guy. And this, if, if Letterman really did give the writers what they wanted, that just raises his estimation in my eyes and in the eyes of a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, he's always been a little more edgy than Leno anyway. Leno's kind of, you know, safe for grandma. 
and Letterman is like, you know, you're not sure you want your kids to watch kind Excellent. of thing. You know, that's why I like Letterman so much. Excellent. But you know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how it how it works out over the first part of these uh, of this year, this week, between this week and next week, as they all start coming back. Letterman and uh, Ferguson, the only two that are going to have really a writing staff. So let's see how good it is. I'm setting my FIBO now. Big plans for the uh, new year. Uh, I'll, I'll take a nap and then head out to Pasadena to talk to more idiots. <laughs> Excellent. That is why we love you, Jim Roop. <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, happy New Year's to you. We will uh, speak with you later oh, uh, And by later the way, the for those who are saying, yeah, but you idiot, you're going out there too, I get paid for it. <laughs> Excellent. That's why you are a hero to all, James. All right, my friend. Happy New Year. We will speak with you later in the week. All righty. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. Thank you. There you go. Take that guy. Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The authorities are warning all you New Year's Eve revelers that slick conditions will persist in many areas, and many of the roadways will become like skating rinks. You're all going to die. You can either get hurt in your own car or by drinking strangers on public transportation. Civilized people stay home. Excellent. Gay couples open to register as domestic partners in Oregon have to wait. Apparently, some hillbillies from Tennessee with crazy accents uh, talked to some federal judge who now put all this stuff on hold at least till February. You knew you weren't going to get it that easy anyway. What is that in Oregon? Yeah. When you say people from Tennessee, are you being wacky? No, they're from Tennessee. How do people in Tennessee? Have a say in what we do here. God damn, I hate this country sometimes. They did, and they have. All right, fine. You know what? They're all going in the book. They're all going in the book right now. Mm-hmm. If you know, what? we're ending the year. We're going to start the new one by putting somebody else in the book. And I should take it back. I don't hate this country sometimes, but boy, do I hate a lot of the people in this country sometimes. Well, there are certain segments of this country that should, uh, should be given back to the natives. And they should be allowed to secede and to stay seceded when they want to. Hold on. Uh, Tennessee morons. Let's see. T-E-N, Tennessee. Tennessee homophobes. Members of the grit-eating public. <laughs> and the finger-looking gooders of this Let's country. See. Tennessee homophobes. And then I'll put reason... Obvious. All right, they're in the book. They will be dealt with accordingly at the appropriate time. All right, fantastic. The following is probably a fake story, but since nobody has checked it, since nobody is there anymore, we're going to read it as it is. Iraqis are all out on New Year's Eve buying cakes, balloons, and party decorations as they get ready for 2008. Really? That's what it says. Where is that from? Reuters, Dateline Baghdad. Once again, Iraqis are Bob hard at work. Iraqis are all out on New Year's Eve buying cakes, balloons, party decorations, and new clothes to celebrate 2008. Of course they are. What's more American than bigger TVs? Panasonic will reveal a huge 150-inch high plasma TV next month at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Are you kidding me? My television is 28 inches. Mm-hmm. It's not big enough. That television is. Five times as big as the one I've got at home, which suits me fine, by the way. Be bigger. I've had some people tell me that now that i got an Xbox 360, I need a bigger television, but still five times? Five times. I know I sound like a Luddite, but seriously. Five times. All right. That's enough. Okay, me. then uh, then let's do this. Oh, Another surprise for you, Tim. Oh, no, I can't handle anymore. My heart is too weak. Please hurry back soon. It's quite pungent. Uh, Richie, Richie Bristol? Bristol. Hello. Okay. Uh, Richie Bristol, what, what is the, would you please share with Tim Riley the exciting news that you typed on the screen to me earlier? Oh, Is uh, it somebody from Jiggles? <laughs> uh, my wife. <laughs> um, we have your movie coming in. 
It'll be here like this week. Oh my gosh! Firestorm yeah. on DVD. Yeah. Oh, should be here by Wednesday. Be here on we'll Wednesday, see. Tim. We'll see. The exciting we'll see. film you made with Paul Williams. Yes. It'll be here on Wednesday for you to watch and enjoy. We should make an event out of it. We should. The we Tim... don't know how much is in there though. Tim Riley Film Festival. Mission Theater. Ooh. I. We could do some sort of a thing. We have a relationship with them, uh, courtesy of Court and Fatboy. We ought to do some Tim Riley Film Festival. And we'll just show various clips of things you've been in, Tim. That won't take very long. <laughs> but, I mean, come on. What a great idea that would be. I suppose it is. All right. Because it is using your name and likeness, do you tentatively sign off on such an idea if we can do it? Yes. All right. Sweet. What about watching the whole movie? What are you doing? It's my iPhone. It's making the oh, microphone you... go off. It's pretty powerful. What? The what? I the iPhone? What about it? It could be sitting in my pocket, and I could hear the bzzz over the microphone. Is it? Is it ringing? No, it's buzzing. Oh, does it make? Does it interfere with the microphone? Yeah. Steve Jobs is starting to jam all the communication. Well, thank you, Richie. How did you happen to uh, get this movie? I've been looking for it for like several years. It's all <laughs> over, but they only have like one copy, no stock. That, that is, is from, that is the only copy. It is the only copy. Is it from uh, eBay or Amazon? Uh, I was just looking at this. Thing. But it's ordered. Yeah. It's gonna be here uh, Wednesday, and then Wednesday, Tim will be bringing in the VHS of the oh, Invaders, so we can pull off his scenes to put them on the internet. Yes. We'll start compiling. Very good. Excellent. Oh, my goodness. It's your best day ever, Tim. It is my best what day What a way ever. to end the year. Literally, on the last day of the year, many of your dreams come true all at once. It is. Excellent. We get to see this. Thank you, Richie. Thank, Thank you, Richie. Richie, you're a good awesome. person. Richie, you're awesome. Have a new year. Thank you. All Much right. more awesomer <laughs> than Scotty J. Scotty who? I don't know. Yeah, right. I'm kind of pissed about the whole Scotty thing. Like, we've been nothing but nice to him. He left, and that's fine. He's probably bitter about it. But then to not even approve my comment about the Swingers Club. Seriously. It makes me a little angry. And I'll put which, it on my website. Which does, in, and the funny thing about that is is that it indicates that his wife has some sort of a fear that you and Scotty are going to hook up at some point in the future. Which is just so demented to begin <laughs> yeah, with. It really is. Who like, I don't understand jealous women sometimes. It's like they think just because you're a girl and you like work with a guy, all of a sudden you, you must have designs instant, on the men. Yeah, there's instant attraction. It's like, good lord. Well, with get Scotty, over that is true. Uh, Maybe who, she's been watching Mad Men. Who wants to? Who wants to hear a brief list of uh, things that happened this year you may have forgotten about? I do. Me too. Here we go. I forgot about a ton of these. This is always in the last year. Um, the light bright moon and night things from the Cartoon Network shut down Boston. I forgot all about that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Brittany shaves her head. Anna Nicole overdoses. Her anus is unremarkable. The iPhone. The iPhone didn't exist a year ago. No. Brittany attacks paparazzi with umbrella. President Ford, dead. Forgot all about that. Um, Brittany loses her babies. Paris goes to jail. Paris gets out of jail. Paris goes back to jail. Paris cries. Boy, that was so great. Uh, chocolate rain. Um... Isaiah Washington uses a slur. His career ends after going to rehab. Oh, yeah, F that guy. And he never, he's gone. He's completely gone. Yeah. Unbelievably gone. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, rehab is the new jail. Martin Scorsese finally wins an Oscar. Uh, I misuses that phrase and gets canned. D Dumbledore is gay. Boy, I forgot about that, too. This stuff just falls right out of your brain. Vezessa Hut. <laughs> sort of voice from the ceiling. <laughs> um... Uh, well, it's funny how she said that, too, and there was, like, a firestorm for, like, ten minutes, and then, story, gone. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens of High School Musical loses photos of her naughty bits. Uh, Brittany has a bad MTV comeback. Hasselhoff gets drunk and drowns in a cheeseburger while his daughter films it. Um, Imus returns to the airwaves. No one cares. Scotty J leaves. Everyone says, Scotty who? Uh, two words. Wide stance. Oh, yeah, Larry Craig. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hillary Clinton calls Dick Cheney Darth Vader. 
Call screeners have naughty sex at a swingers club. Colbert runs as a Republican and a Democrat in South Carolina. They, uh, Democrats take him so seriously they sue him off the ballot. UK military launches a Skynet spy satellite. Um, Nancy Pelosi becomes first female Speaker of the House, does nothing. Uh, Chinese lead kills Americans. Tony Blair resigns. Number two Al-Qaeda leader is killed over and over and over and over again. Uh, WGA strike. Barry Bonds uh, roids his way to the home run record. Um, let's see. Lisa Goddard becomes Lisa Desjardins. Led Zeppelin reunites for one show. And the Patriots go undefeated and they make Fatboy Roberts explode. That is all in one year. And I know we're leaving a bunch of crap out. I'm sure we are. Damn, man. All it's right. been quite a year, hasn't it? It, re it really has. It really has. Uh, let's do a couple of these, then we'll do the Glorious Bastard of the Year. <gasps> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, it's Diana from downtown. Hello, Diana. Diana. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, remember, Storm Large went on to Cabaret to become the, the darling of the uh, Portland Theater crowd. That is true. That is true. Another thing that happened in this year. Excellent. And the other, the one I originally called in was the demonstration of alcohol poisoning is demonstrated by Scotty J. Oh, yeah. And the Scotty J. drunk show in the studio. I forgot about that, too. Yeah, but I got to drive him home after. Thanks again for that. Well, oh, that's when, that's you. when you and Hay first realized your, your mutual attraction, Sarah. Oh, you're being so creepy right now. <laughs> I'm just playing. Oh, and the craziest thing of all, I got engaged. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Look at you. <laughs> Excellent. Right, have a great uh, day. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right. Uh, let's see. Somebody else said... Uh, other things that happened in 2007. Don't forget when the mist took John Lee. Thank you. Thanks for that. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick Emerson Show. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh... <laughs> All right, there you go. Yes. That never gets old. No, it doesn't. I was wondering if you had touched on the story that recently came out of Wenatchee, Washington. I don't and, know. Um, perhaps this might have graced the desk of Tim Riley. But uh, Dateline Wenatchee World by Rachel Seif, a 29-year-old Wenatchee man was cited by police with first-degree negligent driving. A breathalyzer showed the minimal amount of alcohol in his uh, system. Wenatchee Police Sar Sergeant Sherry Smith told um, the paper that the man was traveling northbound on Wenatchee Avenue, drifted into the southbound lane, and uh, climbed right into a light pole. His one-word answer when asked what happened, pterodactyl. Okay, that was all worth it for the payoff. No, we don't have that, but thank you, sir. Yep. And Happy and, New uh, Year to you. I would also like to remind everybody that uh, there are going to be plenty of cabs out there for you. If you are too hammered to drive, do get a hold of Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and they will dispatch the cab to your location for free. And they'll be happy to lecture you. Oh, yeah. I'm so sure in case you will. feel like you're in need of a good finger wagging, you can call them about that, too. All right. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Take care. All Goodbye. right. There you go. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. All right. Uh, it's is the, it time? It's, it is that time, ladies and gentlemen. This is very exciting. It is time to announce the glorious bastard of the year for 2007. That's right. It's time to announce the glorious bastard of the year for 2007. Yes, I said it's that time when we announce the glorious bastard of the year for 2007. 
Greetings and salutations. Tyson Smith, you are being addressed at this moment because you, yes, you, have received that rarest of honors. You are the AM970 Glorious Bastard of the Year. Long will your legend live, and far will your shadow loom across the sands of history as men recount your fame and wondrous deeds. In addition to the envy and esteem of your fellow men, you will be the recipient of substantial material wealth, including furniture from EcoPDX, the life and death CD cabinet from EcoPDX made of 100% salvaged tropical hardwood, all of the carving, most of the construction done by hand, the Godfather DVD box set, Kissology Volume 3, NBA 2K for PlayStation 2, Led Zeppelin Remains the Same on CD, Led Zeppelin The Song Remains the Same on DVD, Led Zeppelin The Mothership Collection, Borat The Special Edition DVD, Slash The Autobiography, Jackass 2.5 on DVD, The George Carlin T-Shirt, The AM970 T-Shirt, The Fred Claus T-Shirt, The Dewey Cox T-Shirt, The Fox Sports Robot, Farce of the Penguins on DVD, and The Celebrity Bull Riding Challenge on DVD, plus a book rather creepy entitled Bloodletting and Miraculous Cures, as well as the knowledge that for at least the next 364 days, you are a man apart. You, Tyson Smith, are the glorious bastard of the year. Thank you for listening, and please spread the word. Congratulations, Tyson Smith. Lost? I'm no. surprised nobody's emailed you about this. Well, my friend David sent me a um, like a link to a new website that they have, but that's it. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Do you want to hear it knowing that the writer's strike will prevent you from knowing any more about it for months? Yes. Probably for an entire year? I don't care. All right. Rick, this morning on the way to work, I saw a billboard when I was northbound on MLK just before you arrive at the Goodwill. It was an ad for Oceanic Airlines' new non-stop flights from Portland to Seoul. Later, my wife realized that Oceanic was not only a fake airline, it is the airline on Lost. Mm -hmm. We figured it was some sort of an underground viral ad for the new season of Lost, something like that. Apparently not. Apparently, Portland, Oregon will feature as a new plot point when Lost returns. That's awesome. Yeah, because I heard a rumor that... Um... All the places where many of the characters from Lost are from. And are the one of the guys is from here. Yeah, Ben. Um, yeah. One of the others. Uh, so, uh, yeah, That's there you go. That's so cool. So apparently uh, Portland, Oregon uh, will uh, will feature somehow in the new well, season Well, I think that they're going to play a few of them, uh, like a few of the first episodes. Maybe. Because they have them all. They have a bunch of them. They have like seven or eight in the can, I guess. They had seven or eight done until it stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You heard uh, your discussion of World War Z. I read it over the weekend based on your show's recommendation. Uh, let's see. I was disappointed with the lack of zombie whales you promised. I never said that. Aaron discussed zombie whales. I said there were no zombie whales. So 
The lack of zombie whales is not... Yeah, uh, but there are zombies who don't get killed by the water. Yes, that is true. That's there are millions of, of zombies wandering around on the ocean floor. So in the last 30 seconds, what are you going to do tonight? Are you going to do anything exciting? Uh, yeah, there's, uh, the Geek Squad is having a big, uh, you know, the big Geek Fest. Oh, cool. Uh, so I think I'm going to do that. And Laura has to work tomorrow at 7 a.m., though. So, so that sucks. And thanks to you, Rick Emerson, I don't have to work tomorrow. Yes. And No, thanks to Kristen Bowie, actually. Thank you, Kristen. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll be here uh, tomorrow kind of... Doing some stuff with Kristen Bowie and Timmy Ryan, and then we'll probably have some uh, highlights from the last year, some best of stuff, but I'll, I'll be here for that, too. So uh, that's tomorrow. Yeah, Laura works, like, at the crack of dawn, so we're going to be heading home, like, at 12.02 tonight. Uh, so there you go. Um, all right. Well, not to be all sappy about it, but thanks, everybody, for listening in 2007. And uh, We made it through a year. Seriously. Another year without being fired. <laughs> Uh, best year ever so far, and thanks uh, largely to y'all. So thanks for being out there. Thanks for listening. Spread the word. And uh, all kidding aside, do drive safely tonight. Uh, and even if you are sober, others on the road may not be. Uh, so drive safely. Please call a cab. Don't be a dick. Uh, you know. So be safe. We'll see you uh, all in the new year and uh, everything. So happy new year from all of us to all y'all. The Ray Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM 970 Southern State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley, greatest newsman ever. Uh, Richie Bristol on the phones. Dave Zidden is the gatekeeper. Susan Reynolds is the marketing guru. Bridget from upstairs is imaging and webcasting. And uh, we want to thank uh, CNN radio correspondent James Roop and Peter Carlin. Uh, so happy new year. Uh, like us next. Donna Mike at 7. Uh, see you all uh, tomorrow. Don't let the pastors go today. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. Parents need to be aware that kids are calling it by the more popular slang term, butthead.